You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gents, to week three of October Rama. That's the official name. We usually shorten it. <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of things only allow you like 140 characters or something. We uh, shorten it just to Octoberama from Octoberama. <laughs> uh, this, uh, this is the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And we are just so happy to be with you yet again for week three uh, of the month, which is October. Mama, <laughs> you see, you see what we did. You see, you see where yeah, I got it. Now you get it. You get the joke now, because we told you after six years. <laughs> Have we been doing this all six years? Well, I don't think we, we started did. the year after. We started. we started. We started in October, so we definitely didn't do it year one. I don't think we did it year two. So this is probably year five of October. Ama, okay. Uh, it's an interesting. Well, it's not interesting. It's just like <laughs> I was say. Just uh, one year, whether it was year two or year three, I don't really know. I don't know for sure. But, you know, we do a biweekly show. And I told Taylor, uh, it's like, hey, why don't we do this? Record a different show every week. We focus on a theme of a movie. And we call it Octoberama. And we lead it up to Halloween. And I said, like, yeah, why not? Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, it could be cool. <laughs> uh, at the time, we weren't really doing that. We weren't doing theme episodes. So, like we've mentioned before, Octoberama has kind of lost a little bit of its <laughs> charm. Or not not so much charm, but uh, I don't know. It's novelty? All, all part of his charm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, novelty, I would say. Uh <clears throat> anyway, um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, this is week three. Uh, this is two, three years ago. We started um, having our Patreons or our, our patrons uh, pick uh, week three. Um, week one was week of the vampire, week two, week of the zombie. And we always leave week three open for our patrons. Well, unless it's a five week month. That's true. And then in which case we pick an ex- we pick the extra one. We pick, th- pick three, they pick four. Right. Um, anyway, uh, so we had a few options, uh, you know, some good ones in there. Uh, but what we landed and on... some bad ones. And some bad ones. Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> we had some bad ones from Kevin. <laughs> um, but what we landed on was Week of the Sea Monster. Um, now, look, you know, when I'm looking for movies... About horror movies, like horror specific movies about sea monsters, it's not as broad of a, um, 
or it's it's not as big of a, a pool to pick from. Well, yeah, because I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't want to do like a shark or an alligator. I wanted to do a a monster. Yeah, yeah. So I, I you know, because we could always save, you know, sea animal for a later. Sure. So I didn't want to do you know Jaws or the Meg or something like that. Yeah, and, and you know, even from the ones we did pick, uh, one of them is not even really a sea monster. It's a river monster. Yeah, sewer monster. Yeah, but you know, rivers, at least for the most part, as far as I know, all run out to the sea. So, I mean, that was the whole gimmick at the, at the beginning. We'll talk about that later. But it's the gimmick. <laughs> uh, anyway, but as this is week of the Patreon, and you know. Also, week of the Sea Monster, we want to start out and thank our gravediggers over on Patreon. These lovely people help finance this show uh, and keep uh, keep the lights on. We don't have an expensive show, but it does cost money, and uh, these folks uh, give us their hard-earned dollars every month to um, you know help take care of the bills. Uh, those people are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski. Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for all your help. It means the world to us uh, that you care enough to uh, contribute every month. Or maybe you've forgotten entirely. I don't remember. Or, <laughs> or, or I don't know. I remember. Because we get the money. <laughs> we, we get the money, and then we get the power. And then we get, we get the, the women. women. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash grave plot podcast. Get perks for as little as $1, including being able to pick the theme of an Octoberama, such as, as Bob did this time. Yeah, buddy. Uh, yeah, yeah. This week's pick came on behalf of Bob Voorhees. So thank you very much, Bob, for the suggestion. Uh, we hope to do you proud. And as we've said in the past, all the money from Patreon just goes right into a, a, an account and it just sits there until we need it or, you know, we put it towards things like the film festival or other, you know, fun things throughout the year that we come up with. Right. We're just like, hey, we got some extra money. Let's, you know, do a giveaway or something. Mm-hmm. Which we haven't done in a while. We should we should think about that. Yeah. Have we, We've done one in, like for Christmas in the past, right? I think so, yeah. Or am I making that up? I don't know. Yeah, we'll do giveaways. Why not? Fuck it. <laughs> um, yeah, you mentioned the film festival. We are currently in progress uh, of taking submissions. Taylor, how are things going on that front? Uh, you know, we we don't have as many as in the past, but I think that was to be expected given you know the state of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we do have uh, quite a few submissions from all around the world that we are going to whittle down and then hand over to our judges. We still need to pick one more judge, by the way. Um, but we're going to hand them over to our judges. They're going to pick the best of the best. Those people get awards. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are this year. You can come to the Grave Plot Film Fest because for the first time, it will be online. Yeah, we've dubbed this year uh, Home Invasion. Yeah, I thought that was clever. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Because we're going to be in your home invading. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh james vanderbeek not the dawson uh the I dawson i don't know why that's his handle but uh james vanderbeek uh made a really awesome poster for us yeah it's got a real cool throwback theme to it um mm-hmm. i 
I mean, I, I, I like all of our posters. I think this is my favorite so far. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to Dragonplex Apparel, who is our first sponsor. We yeah. are still accepting sponsors. If you want to get your, your logo on that badass poster, uh, just head over to greatplotfilmfest.com and contact us. Word. You can also go there to find out how to submit your film. Yep. Um, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Uh, tonight. This is tonight. Uh, this is you. October. <laughs> this is October seventeenth. As we sit here recording, uh, tonight we are engaging in the box. What's in the box? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know, Taylor. <laughs> we don't even know what the box looks like. We can't even open the packaging that yeah. the box is in. No, we, we discussed briefly, and I think we actually did a, a uh, horror business story on it at one point or another, uh, talking about One Day Die, which is the new kind of uh, immersive experience from uh, Darren Lynn Bousman. Um, he's done this before in different uh, mediums, know, mediums um, but this is the first one we're taking part in. Usually they're like you you go somewhere and do something, but obviously with you know the pandemic going on, that's not an option. So yeah, it's something they send you a box that has some array of items in it, and then uh, I mean we know very little. Like we we signed up for the thing, we've gotten emails about it, and we still know almost nothing mm-hmm. about it. So we don't know what's in the box. We don't know what we have to do at a certain time. We don't know if it's like a Zoom call with someone or if it's just a video we watch. Yeah, we seriously know nothing. <laughs> We actually didn't even know up until a few days ago, because we were planning to, you know, the four of us, you know, me, the two of us and, and the girls, um, to just kind of gather around and do it together. <clears throat> we didn't even know up until a couple of days ago if we could even do that. Right. Um, turns out we can, but they've said, you know, the fewer people, the better. Um, yeah, they were like, you know, there's only one of each item, and sometimes you, the the feed's not going to stop. So it's like you can't sit there and argue about who's going to do what or, you know, pass something around like you got to keep things moving. Yeah. I told Kristen that like, okay, because because there's like only one one item or one item, one of each item in the box um, and we don't really know what to expect. And since we paid for it, (laughs) we get priority. Yeah, Taylor and I are going to basically do it. And then you and Lynn can watch. (laughs) She wasn't thrilled about that, but I don't know. As things, I mean, we'll try and get them involved, but it's like we said, we don't know what it's going to entail, so we got to kind of, yeah. You know, I I tried not to engage too much in this because there are, you know, I uh, countless other people who who are are also doing this, and they started this days ago, like the actual um, events, um, and you know, the the instructions were very clear without any doubt that. You don't open the don't open the box. Don't even open the packaging. And he said, you know, if you open the box and then attempt to reseal it, we're gonna know. And at which point they actually said, we'll cancel your ticket. So you're just out. The was 125 bucks that it yeah. costs. Um, so uh, so yeah, we haven't touched. Like I've set it off to the side. Um, there were some st- interesting instructions that came with it, and I think I think it's okay to talk about it. Right, I would think so. Like it's all leading up to the box. We're not giving away anything that's in the box. Yeah, or we, any details of what's actually happening. Yeah, we don't know anything. We we don't we don't know anything beyond what's been already shared with you know a lot of other people, and a lot of it's already on the website. Um, 
yeah, instructions that were given to us uh, for the box uh, says, on the first few nights of the box being in your home, please leave it by a window so it can receive the appropriate amount of moonlight. Now, we're in the Pacific Northwest, and it is fall, so moonlight is scarce, but I did it anyway. Um, Before your first session, present an item dear to you to your box and tell the item why it's so important to you, which I did. I don't need to get into that. Um, That's between you and the box. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Tell your box a secret that you don't tell people. Uh, before your session, take your box somewhere important to you and show it this special place. Tony told it that he bleaches his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was daring enough to do this. Um, <clears throat> uh, the night before your session, please set a glass of water on a windowsill so it can be charged by the moon. Delicious lunar water. This is apparently like a, a, like a Wicca thing or a, some kind of witchcraft thing. I believe it. Like, I, I don't know a lot about Wicca, but, I mean, that sounds pretty in line of what I do know. Right. Um, and you must be clean and wearing white. As long as it's white, we don't care. We are both We are sitting whites. here in our, our Sunday whites. <laughs> uh, things you'll need to bring to your session, a small saucer, paper towels or napkins, something that reminds you of your childhood, which we all have. Uh, you know, because Taylor and I are, are more or less going to be the ones engaging with it. You know, we both have things, but she's brought something. I'm sure Kristen can find something. Um, and also uh, a knife or scissors. So, yeah, like we don't, we don't know, we don't know what's in the box. Um, and you know, like I said, very clear instructions: do not open the fucking box. But you know, there's always going to be some asshole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was looking through. Uh, a hashtag on Instagram. Um, and, you know, I'm seeing pictures of people that have posted something very similar to what I did. Just, oh, here's the box. Spooky. The packaging. Packaging, yeah. Um, but then there was this one guy who's like, here's the box. Here's what's inside the box. Jesus it's Christ, like, no, guy. no, 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 no. <laughs> ah, so, I'm not looking. I'm not yeah, looking. Like, I only saw, like, the, the briefest of glimpse, not enough to actually analyze anything that was in there i just saw stuff laid out on a table like nope 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 <laughs> close that window like someone just walked in and you were watching porn yeah no 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 no. um anyway so yeah the con- i need a button that switches from porn to basketball immediately what you have now is not fast enough um anyway yeah so it's a uh, as big of a mystery to us as it is to you listening um, we are not allowed to discuss it until November, so... Oh, is that the rule? Yep. That makes sense. Um, yeah, because this is, you know, we'll, even though we're a few weeks away from Halloween at this point, it is a Halloween event. Yeah, they have them up till Halloween weekend, so... Yeah. Which I wish... <laughs> by the So we rushed into to booking this, because we didn't want it to sell out, we wanted to be able to participate, and we knew there were limited spots. Then like a week later, like, hey, we've got Halloween or like, you know, the, the night of Halloween bookings available. Fuck. <laughs> um, anyway. But uh, yeah, so we're doing that tonight at eight o'clock. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll post about it, but we, we can't give anything away. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, once once the event has passed um, and the dust has settled, 
you know, October Rama's behind us. We'll go back and kind of discuss what went on. Um, but not until then, unfortunately. Exciting stuff. We know it's something to do with like a seance. Yeah. Uh, something sp- about contacting spirits. Yeah. Um, so yeah, neat stuff. Uh, in other Halloween business, uh, in the wrestling world, right? Yeah. Man, I want to be so much more excited about this than I am. <laughs> I know. Like, I think if, you know, you, you, you told me about it and then you explained it, I'm like, oh, well, that's not all that great. So Halloween Havoc is back. For those of you who, who don't, who aren't nerds like me, um, Halloween Havoc was a pay-per-view run by World Championship Wrestling back in the 80s and 90s. And when World Wrestling Entertainment bought WCW, they, of course, gained all those trademarks and they've just been sitting on it for 20 years. Has it been that long? Yep, because they bought it, they bought them in 99. Or 2000. I think it was 2000. Wow. Okay. Because I remember going to a SmackDown like right after the the um, the crossover started happening. Oh, yeah. And it didn't seem like it was that long ago. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but now that they're bringing it back, but it's not a pay-per-view. It's a part of NXT, which is their like... It's uh, their developmental brand, they call it. Their junior league. Yeah. And it's just going to be like a random episode of TV. It's like specially themed. But it's I, they say it's specially themed, but they're not going to have the giant inflatable pumpkin. I already know they're not. Or the cool fucking t- Titantron. Yeah. But they are bringing back Spin the Wheel, Make a Deal, mm. which was something WCW used once in 1992. <laughs> and it's literally just like a bunch of matches on a wheel, and you spin it, and that's the match you have to have. <laughs> But it's like a digital wheel, so you know it's going to be gimmicked. Right. They're, they already know what kind of match they're going to have, and it's not going to be a coal miner's glove match, which is what it was in 92. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm not familiar with this. You'll have to... So uh, a, a coal miner's glove has like basically has brass knuckles in it. It has okay. like metal in the fingers. And so they would hang a glove on a pole, because <laughs> the WCW loved their shit on a pole matches. <laughs> And you could climb the pole and grab even the world famous (laughs) shit on a pole match. (laughs) They had Judy Bagwell on a pole. All right. (laughs) Just sitting on it. Like, come and get me, boys. Uh, That was Buff Bagwell's mom. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, But once you grabbed the coal miner's glove, then you could use it as a weapon. Okay. And so Sting got it and he punched Jake Roberts in the face, causing Jake Roberts to drop his snake, which then bit him in the face. (laughs) Wrestling is weird and awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But another thing that's on the wheel is the Chamber of Horrors match, which is from 91, which is a steel cage match. In the middle of the cage is a smaller cage. Inside that cage is an electric chair. (laughs) And to win, you have to put your opponent in the electric chair and throw the switch. Sure you do. (laughs) Uh, you see why this was my favorite pay-per-view. This yeah, shit naturally. is awesome and ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I like I uh I wasn't into WCW when I was a kid. I was always more WWF. Um, but I did like, you know, uh some some names. Um but uh yeah, I think I saw like like a VHS of a Halloween Havoc at some point or another, like this 
is awesome. Yeah. It's ridiculous, but it's awesome. Um, and yeah, it was, it's definitely like the most uh, fun pay-per-view. It seemed like the one where kayfabe most kind of went out the window and they were just like, all right, it's it's a horror movie. Like, let's let's do it. Yeah, fucking lead into it. Like they had a guy who was he was taller than the giant, aka the big show. So he was at like like seven five. Okay. Not as big, but he was taller. And he came out dressed as a mummy. <laughs> okay. And his name was the Yeti. <laughs> Explain that one. Uh, or Tony Schiavone called him the Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> and he came out and he hugged Big Show. It was supposed to be like a violent thing, but it was just like a hug. <laughs> Okay. I don't know if it was just like a bear hug or what, but it looked like he was just like, buddy, <laughs> tall guy crew. <laughs> uh, the good old days. Yeah, but that's the shit I want. And I don't, I just, I know they're not going to do it. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I think, I feel like it's even less or even more discouraging the fact that it's NXT. They wouldn't even devote it to their, 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 their main, main brand. Yeah. The main brand. Um, and it's 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 not even an NXT pay-per-view. No, it's just a weekly episode of the NXT TV show. But it's hosted by Shotzi Blackheart, who I love, so. Not familiar with who that is. Oh, she's a wrestler. She came to WAC one time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice, nice. She has bright green hair and drives a tank to the ring. A, <laughs> a mini tank. Like a little, like a toy tank. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, that's got to be expensive to, to move around the country. <clears throat> okay. Um, anyway, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, I guess not. I mean, you know, this, this month's been, been tough for me because, uh, like, you know, I, I'm, I've always been very good at kind of rolling with the punches and throughout this whole pandemic, I've just, you know, yo, you want me to work from home? Fine. I'll work from home, whatever. Put on a mask, whatever. But this is the month where I'm like, I want to be out going to haunts and I want to be, you know, and, uh, Getting ready for our Halloween party. Yeah. And so, you know, we're like doing things like like the box or, you know, I'm going to a drive through haunt. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing these things to try and get some semblance of normalcy. But at the same time, it's just like doing those is just reminding me what I'm missing. Right. And so, yeah, th- this month has been hard. But yeah, no, I, I, I definitely uh, feel that too. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm like as as balls of the wall about Halloween as you are. No, um, but I, you know, it's definitely one of my favorite seasons, um, holiday seasons. I mean, um, and you know, I've I've always been really adamant about coming up with creative costumes for ho- for Halloween, and mm-hmm. and you know, really, yeah, getting into the the um, the haunts and and stuff like that. Um, and another big thing was that uh, my wife and I every year. Like October is when we would typically take our vacations, um, and then you know we didn't do that last year, but you know last we year did. you and I did, you you and I did, um, and it's just like that's not going to happen this year, yeah. Which is a real kick in the knackers, bro. Um, but yeah, no, it's a uh, even even Octoberama, man. It's it's I I like Octoberama. It's it's one of our, one of my favorite things that we do on the show. Um, but even that, because the, the world around us isn't really engaging in the Halloween, uh, vibe. It's, it's hard to kind of really, you know, feel it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you're just missing all those things and 
you know, I, I always was responsible for like the costume contest at our Halloween party. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, this is about the time of year where I'd start like finding prizes for that and getting all those things ready. And it's just not happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've, I've always been a, a real pragmatist and, you know, people think I'm pessimistic or negative all the time, but it's really, I'm just, trying to avoid disappointment <laughs> and you know back in like july i'm like this is not going to get better by october yep um because people are too stupid i mean i'm at this point i'm hoping that we can travel next october and yeah. i don't even know if that's going to be an option yeah i i'm really hoping on a, a vaccine mm-hmm. sometime then you gotta hope people get it well i mean if i get it then fuck <laughs> <laughs> everyone else <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it's been for me because I like I don't rely on other people. Like I, you know, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna try not to launch into a diatribe here, but like I've always been uh, very uh, socially conscious. I want the world and the world around me to take care of everyone. Um, weird, <laughs> weird for me, or weird just, just a weird concept. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, especially over the last four years, that hasn't been happening. Um, but it's like, I still feel that way. I still want the government, especially to take care of the people that live in this fucking country, yeah. regardless of whether they're here legally or not, or, you know, what gender they are or aren't, social class or social class or race or whatever. Uh, everybody who, within this country should be taken care of by the government that we pay to take care of us. Right. I know, strange concepts, but um, but it doesn't happen. So it's like I got to look out for me and mine with something like the the virus. You know. Yeah. It's like you know we stay safe, we stay home as much as possible. Uh, make sure we're masked up at all times. Like I've shown you my mask where it's, you know, it's got a filter and has like breathing valves um, where, you know, I'll, I breathe in through the filter and breathe out through the valves. Um, it's like I bought it originally for woodworking. Um, and I recently got these caps that actually close off the valves, but I wasn't super concerned about it because like I'm protecting myself. Like I'm not going to worry about protecting that asshole who refuses to wear a mask. Um, you know, cause fuck them. But the thing is like at this point, they've made it pretty clear that the masks are there to, uh, to keep everyone else healthy from you. Oh, I know. I, I know. <laughs> um, but you know, it's like I'm wearing a mask and it's protecting me. Um, I, and because I'm protecting myself, I know that I'm not sick. And so I'm not concerned with, you know, being a risk to other people. It's other people that I'm worried about being a risk to me. Yeah. Um, and you know, and same goes for my wife. Like I, I don't want her to, uh, put herself at risk. Um, and I, I don't want to put myself at risk to put her at risk and, and, you know, vice versa. So it's like, I don't, you know, she has to go to work, uh, you know, two to three days a week and she has to engage with other people and I fucking hate it. Um, but you know, it's her job. So what, what can I do? Um, but it's like, I, I can only assume and hope that she's being adamant about wearing a mask everywhere she goes, but I'm not with her all day, all day. So I can only, I can only hope. Um, but anyway, so yeah, hoping for a vaccine next year. 
uh, and certainly not one that the Trump administration is trying to uh, force on on the population to try and win a win a win an election. I saw there was at least one company that said like, yeah, they want us to rush through, and we're not going to do that. Yeah, several companies have said, oh well, we're we're backing off on our release dates, we're backing off on our testing because some of our test subjects have come have become sick. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, go figure. When you rush science, it's weird how things like that happen. Yeah. So once there's a vaccine that's been uh, endorsed by the FDA uh, and not Trump's FDA, um, then I'll I'll trust it. Um, and yeah, I'll, if that if that comes into play, then I'll be the first in line. But um, not until then. But that doesn't necessarily mean the world's going to go back to normal, like like you said. So. You know, you got people who uh, who won't do it because they're either anti-vaxxers or, um, you know, think, oh, it's some kind of government conspiracy, um, you know, 5G, whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll cut my rant short there. But I just, I'm hoping that things are better by this time next year. Hopefully, because um, it would it would be definitely it'd be nice to enjoy summer again. Yeah, it'd be nice to enjoy Halloween again. And I'm already looking at Christmas, which is by far and away like I mean I I love Halloween, but I I love Christmas and the Christmas season, and I I already know that that's not gonna happen this yeah. year. No, which is even like probably the way you feel about Halloween now. That's how I'm feeling about the impending. Christmas season. I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be, you know, there's already a lot of people who have, have mental health problems with the whole pandemic going on. And I'm sure, uh, you know, going into not only with the holiday season, but also, you know, people get a seasonal effectiveness disorder and stuff. So I'm, I'm sure it's going to be very tough for a lot of people. Um, so just, just remember to, you know, talk to someone if you need to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think we've both whether we've broadcasted or not, had our own issues in the past. And it's it's not a fun place to be. So if you're if you're in a really dark place, then yeah, please talk to someone. Uh anyway. Okay, let's let's bring the mood back yeah, yeah. up a little bit. Let's, <laughs> this is October Rama, damn it. Uh, okay. So uh let's do some more business. Let's do that. <laughs> I forgot. I said, let's bring the mood up right before real world horror. <laughs> well, yeah, real world horror. That's what we shortened it. <laughs> you know, we, we had to change it to, to real words because uh, every time you type it in, it's got those that, that red squiggle underneath it. Google is like, I don't know what her blah, blah, blah is. <laughs> Didn't you me? <laughs> okay, so starting out in real world horror, uh, we'll go to I guess it's Portland, Maine. Yes, I thought it was Oregon, but anyway, Portland, Maine. Uh, so in a let's see, okay, so there's a supermarket or Hannaford supermarket in Seiko, Maine. 
um, where a Portland pizza pie dough, I guess that's the brand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a customer bought the pizza dough, um, and then discovered that there were, uh, well, an undisclosed number, but I think even one, one's enough. Yeah, one is too many. <laughs> uh, they discovered razor blades inside the pizza dough. And like, yeah, it's like, you know, in manufacturing, like hot dogs, uh, let's, let's just as an example, they have like a margin of like acceptable amounts of like bug, bug parts and, you know, rodent droppings and that kind of stuff. There's an acceptable, acceptable, acceptable margin. We're struggling today. I know. I didn't get enough sleep last <laughs> night. Like I, like an hour before you got here, I'm like, I wish I had time for a nap. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, but not razor blades. There's no acceptable. There, there's no margin of error for razor blades, at least to our knowledge. You'd think that razor blades would be something that you want zero margin for. Yeah, it's not like you know the QA guy is like, oh, well, we found seven razor blades. Like, well, that's less than our quota of nine. <laughs> We're good. Let's keep it going. <laughs> Get those machines running. Uh, this is being investi- by, investigated by the Seiko Police Department. Uh, a grocery store launched their own investigation. Good on them. <laughs> it's like, we're going to get to the bottom of this, damn it. Timmy. <laughs> Hit the streets. Uh, that's Timmy, the bag boy. He's just working the beat. <laughs> in his in his. Smock. Hey, Madge, what'd you see? <laughs> yeah, she told him to beat it, Bozo. Uh, in his smock and his bow tie <laughs> and his flat top haircut. <laughs> Why is he a cartoon character from the 50s? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the grocery store launched their own investigation and reviewed store security surveillance footage, which led them to Nicholas R. Mitchell, uh, whom they allegedly caught tampering with the packaging of several Portland pe- pizza pie doughs. Uh, Nicholas Mitchell is a former associate of It'll Be Pizza Company. That's a weird name. It's a dumb name. I guess like if you're selling pizza dough, like, yeah, one day it'll be pizza. Yeah. <laughs> you see this flower? You see this flower in my hands? One day. One day. One day. <laughs> one day, son. Come here. Sit on my knee. One day. Um, uh, yeah, It'll Be Pizza Company uh, manufactures... Uh, the dough for Portland, Portland pie. Oh, Port, Portland, Portland pizza, pizza pie. pie. Got it. Um, uh, it's unclear what Mitchell's motivations were in the case, uh, or if he was targeting anybody specifically. Probably not. Sounds like he's just being a dick. Yeah, I mean that because, like, how could he have known who was going to buy that pizza dough? Right, he, he couldn't. Um, and it's like this doesn't. This seems like an open and shut case to me. Well, yeah, they. I mean, they have him on security footage, allegedly, so... Yeah. I mean, even Timmy. He's like, this <laughs> seems like an open and shut case to me, boss. Um, he, uh, or like, yeah, it's his former employer and clearly disgruntled. So, yeah. I mean, what's what explanation do you need? Um, anyway. I've heard of razor blades and candy bars, but never razor blades and pizza dough. Yeah, razor blades and candy apples. Like the, like, the like in like in the, the song, yeah. yeah. Um, 
my my dad used to work in a grocery store when he was like 16, 17, I think. And uh, they used to tamper with shit. <laughs> but in like harmless ways. Okay. Like this was before they had like the silver thing over the top of the peanut butter jars. Mm. So they used to write things in the peanut butter jar. <laughs> in the peanut butter. <laughs> Open it like, what the fuck? Like he said they would write, eat me. <laughs> One time they took a pickle and they like stuffed it down in there and then smoothed it over. That's fucked up. The lady came back and she was like, there's a pickle in my peanut butter. And my dad was like, oh, no charge. (laughs) (laughs) See, my dad or my dad used to work uh, at a burger place. It's like an independent place. They had like, you know, two, three places in the L.A. area. Um, and didn't fuck with people's food, at least to my knowledge. Didn't like fuck directly. Didn't give with them spitters food. or anything. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, maybe that happened. I don't know. But something that stuck out that that I remember him telling me they did is they'd pick up cockroaches that were like in the kitchen because you know it's a fucking eighties teen comedy movie. <laughs> um, they'd pick up cockroaches and throw them into the fryer and just watch them sizzle. <laughs> The, the fryer that they're using they also use to cook fries. fries and such. Uh, yeah, that's that's nasty. Bako double cheeseburger. It's for a cop. Liter <laughs> <laughs> cola. Why'd you say that? You gonna spit in it? What? No. You just told him that's so he makes it extra good. <laughs> Bako double cheeseburger. <laughs> Holding the spit. Um. Yeah. Uh, check your pizza doughs, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Or just make your own. It's a fun, sure. It's a fun experience, sort of. If you have counter space, that's important. That yeah. <laughs> I remember. Uh, it's funny because we have more counter space here, but I feel like in our apartment we always had we had um, a space that was just always open, and we never have that here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, pizza dough, razor blades. The biggest bitch about pizza dough is getting it to rise because mm. you need like a warm area to do it, and you can't even put it in the oven because the oven's too warm. So, like here in Washington, in in October, in October, <laughs> it's just too fucking cold. So unless you're you're heating your house a lot, just so you could you know make pizza dough rise then it's just not worth it. I remember in our apartment, I used to turn, because we had baseboard heaters in there. We do too here, but um, I would put it in the bathroom and turn in the heat, the baseboard heater on full blast in the bathroom and close the door and just leave it in there for like two hours. <clears throat> Worked well enough, I guess. Pizza. Yeah, cheese makes bread. Cheese bread. <laughs> She doesn't make cheese bread. She just makes regular bread. But since she's cheese. Oh, cheese makes bread. Got it. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, so she's always talking about like having trouble making it rise and float and whatever the hell the other. Does she like make it in the oven or? I don't know what she does. You're not there when she makes the bread. I don't pay attention. <laughs> Boyfriend of the year, guys. She always talks about how she can't make it float. That's always her problem. She can't make it float. I don't know what that means. See, yeah. So you see, you're talking shit. 
Uh, check yeah. your pizza dough. Check your candy. Watch out for razor blades. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Hey, mom, there's something in the back room. Hope it's not the creatures from above. You used to read me stories as if my dreams were boring. We all know conspiracy. Let's talk about bread and shit. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> So, Bread is an important part of life, Taylor. <laughs> Bread is life. Bread go. of life. Blood of body of Christ. Yeah. All that. All that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so there's a new sci-fi movie coming out called Monsters of California. 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 This is being written by Ian Miller and co-written as well as directed by one Mr. Tom DeLong. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, it's being called a coming-of-age sci-fi film with the synopsis, Monsters of California is a coming-of-age adventure with a science fiction twist that follows teenager Dallas Edwards and his derelict friends on a quest for the meaning behind a series of mysterious paranormal events in Southern California. The truths they uncover begin to unravel extraordinary secrets held tightly within the deepest levels of the government. Yep, that sounds like a Tom DeLong movie. It sure does. Tom DeLonge was like, this is how I will live my life. <laughs> it's like aliens. Uh, so yeah, it's a coming of age sci-fi. It doesn't really say that it's horror per se, but it is produced by Creepshow producer, The Cartel. Is it just one guy who goes by The Cartel? No, I think it's a production company. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tom DeLonge is also going to compose original music for the film's score. Oh, no. Have you heard Angels and Airwaves? I have. They are the worst. <laughs> uh, this is currently under production and has a cast that includes Richard Kind, <laughs> Casper Van Dien from Tony's favorite movie, Starship Troopers. Yep. Ariane Zucker from Days of Our Lives. Gabrielle Ha from The Midnight Man. <laughs> uh, Sports Illustrated model Camille Kostek. Jack Sampson, Jared Scott, and Jack Lancaster. I don't know who most of those people are. I don't know those bitches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this sounds like uh, something. It's also being produced by uh, Tom DeLong's school. School? <laughs> yeah, he has a school. It's called like To the Stars or something like that. And it like, teach it, teaches you how to be a UFO whack job. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Don't let anybody teach these days. Uh, to the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. More like farts and science. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> arts and farts and crafts. Arts and farts and crafts. I just... And they also have an entertainment division. <laughs> oh, good. Science and entertainment. Naturally, those all those go together. Um... I just, why do we keep giving credence to Tom DeLong? <laughs> He's insane. Um, he wants to be the next Aliens guy, I think. I think that's his, his end goal. <laughs> Giorgio A. Sokolis. Is that his name? Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> I just knew him as the Aliens guy. <laughs> uh, all right, well. He's yeah. Swiss? He is? 
because that name is Greek as shit. <laughs> okay, his name is Greek, but he's he was born in Switzerland, anyways. Is he American? Swiss-born writer, UFOologist, television presenter, and producer. Maybe he works with Tom. Wall. He is of Greek Austrian heritage. Ooh. That would explain the name. He volunteered for IFBB-sanctioned bodybuilding contests, including Mr. Olympia. <laughs> okay. Why was that important? <laughs> he didn't compete. He volunteered for them. Was he like the guy who oiled down the dudes? <laughs> okay. Look how dry this man's calves are. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Mac, I'm drying up over here. <laughs> <laughs> Tom DeLong, UFOs making movies. <laughs> All right, so we've seen, um, sort of a resurgence of shows lately, you know, shows that have uh, ended, you know, a, a number of years ago and getting this, these comebacks, um, mostly on Netflix, it seems like. Netflix yeah. seems to be like the place to go for stuff like that. Um, well, the next uh, show to get a, uh, a revival is going to be Dexter. Dexter. <laughs> yep. That's funny. You know, we have our dog, Dexter. Um and when we were trying to think of a name for him, like I was thinking of Dexter Holland from The Offspring. Um, and I said, hey, well, why don't we name him Dexter? And Kristen's like, oh, yeah, we can name him that because we both liked the show Dexter. Mm -hmm. And then like I didn't realize that she was making that association. <laughs> and so over time, I just kind of went with it. It's like, yeah, he's named after Dexter from the show, whatever. But in my mind, in my heart of hearts, he's named after Dexter, Dexter Holland, Holland of Idle Hands, <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, uh, Dexter, which you know, if if you watched Dexter, did did you? I didn't watch it regularly. I watched a, a couple. Okay, well, it was pretty good up until like the th was it third or fourth season uh, with the Trinity Killer, aka John Lithgow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Lithgow playing a serial killer. <laughs> um uh that was that was like the last really good season. After that it was on a pretty steep de decline uh until it got to its final season 7 I think where that was just a shit sandwich. 8 season 8. Um yeah, it was bad. That's what I've heard. It was it, it ended where like Dexter like he doesn't have to pay for any of his crimes. He just kind of sneaks away to Canada. Kind of ended like, no, not Breaking Bad. That um, the movie they did, El Camino. Anyway, he like just he escapes to Canada. He's working as like a logger or something, and he just kind of disappears. Where you know, every, well, I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, like the song. You've heard it. <laughs> you know, I chop what the down trees. I wear high heels, <laughs> suspenders, and a bra. Um. Brar. <laughs> uh, 
I wish I were a girly, <laughs> just like my dear papa. Um. Anyway, yeah, and he's, he's like he's supposed to be like isolated, where everybody in his life is gone or dead, and uh, he's just alone. And it's just and that's how it ends. It's like seven years, and that's what you fucking give us. <laughs> Anyway, Showtime has ordered a 10-episode follow-up um, that will bring back Michael C. Hall playing uh, Dexter. Uh, it's going to be um, developed by the original showrunner, Clyde Phillips. Uh, it's going to be a continua- continuation of the original series. Now, what I want to know is, is it going to like start off after season eight, or is it going to accommodate for the, the time that's happened since then? I mean... Michael C. Hall has gotten noticeably older, so. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe they could, like, touch on, like, what happened and then do a time jump or something. But I think, like, living in, was it, like, over five years ago, living and pretending that's when it happened, I don't think that's going to work. I think they got to jump forward in time. They could just do a Wet Hot American Summer and just... <laughs> Um, Did you see Lisa Ovier's post about how hilarious she finds it when people complain about uh, the lead actors in Puppet Killer clearly being not teenagers? I mean, I've seen her make a few of those posts, yeah. <laughs> she posted one this, like diatribe about how hilarious it was. And she was like, our lead actor is 50. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. At one point, he plays himself as a seven-year-old. Yeah, yeah, he played a child <laughs> at one point, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, Showtime Entertainment president Gary Levine said uh, Dexter is such a special series for both its millions of fans and for show and for Showtime, as this breakthrough show helped put our network on the map many years ago. That's it. That's pretty pretty accurate. Um, as far as uh, like original series, sure, I would say boxing mostly put Showtime on the map. But yeah, I mean, you know, Showtime came around the same around the same time where like HBO and mm-hmm. Cinemax, you know, when all this when cable became a thing. And all those cable channels the started premium channels. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, let's see. We would only revisit the unique character if we could find a creative take that was truly worthy of the brilliant original series. Well, I'm happy to report that Clyde Phillips and Michael C. Hall have found it, and we can't wait to shoot it, shoot it and show the world. <clears throat> now, I have to imagine that it's, you know, the premise of Dexter was that he is a serial killer who has this code where he will only kill other killers. So while he's not exactly a good guy, he is sort of righteous. Not a bad guy. He's just the guy. He's just, he's just the guy, the fucking guy. Um, and, uh, was it, uh, was it Wreck-It Ralph? He's like, you are bad guy. Zangief. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bad guys, uh, support group it's like you are a bad guy but you're not bad guy (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway i can only imagine that this new run is going to be like dexter kind of comes out of hiding because there's this new serial killer that he wants to stop or whatever that's the only you know is clyde phillip or no sorry um Gary Levine, he's saying, we would only do this if we came up with a nice, or with a good idea. And she's like, what other idea is there? Yeah. I mean, that's that's Dexter in a nutshell. <laughs> um, but anyway, so there's there's that. 
Uh, production is scheduled to begin early next year, uh, and it's planned to release uh, in the fall. Crossing fingers. Right. <laughs> but, open. I mean, a lot of productions are picking up again. Um, it's It's interesting to see so many... Mostly films, it seems, because films tend to be longer production times. But, you know, they'll start production and be like, okay, we're shutting down production because somebody tested positive. Mm-hmm. And then like a week later, they start production again. <laughs> it's like a, uh, the Batman. Um, you know, uh, some stagehand or something tested positive. And there were like unconfirmed rumors that Robert Pattinson even tested positive. Um, and they shut down production for like two weeks. And then they started up again. But then, then, fucking Warner Brothers pushed it back to 2022 anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm. It would be nice if they did like a bubble, you know, just like have a hotel nearby where everyone stays, all the cast and all the crew can stay in this one hotel, and they pretty much only go from the hotel to the set. Yeah, I know a lot of the CW shows are doing pretty much exactly that. Um, Works they, for the NBA. Yeah, you know, they all they all live. Or I mean, they all shoot up in Vancouver, um, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm talking about like all the superhero shows, uh, Supernatural when they were still filming, um, Riverdale, those kinds of shows. They all shoot up in Vancouver. Oh, it's the people hammering again. Um, and, and a lot of those actors are Canadian, so they already live up there. But like all the American actors, I know for Supernatural that um, Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki, they had to go up there, isolate for two weeks, and then they could go about filming. Yeah. Um, and uh, the great British, British Bake Off. Oh, yeah. They moved to a bubble this year. Yeah. Um, which is like until the last season, I thought that's how they did it. I thought they were all just staying there. That's how they would do it. If it was an American series, they would make them live together and then they would film them all the, all the time. Yeah. Everybody'd be fucking and fighting all the time. And calling each other bitches. And yeah. Getting drunk. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I forgot where we're going with that. Oh, we're going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just productions, you know, the COVID like things start and stop so often, but it doesn't seem to do a lot to slow them down because they just, the, you know, the train keeps running. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. I like, I like how the NBA had zero outbreaks, their entire restart and every other sports league decided to not emulate them in any way. Right. <laughs> well, it's like the NBA, they're all, pl- they're playing all games in one location, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Disney world. Yeah. So, I mean, and so you had the hotels right there on on site. Sure. And you know, I mean, but the NFL, for example, I mean, they're they play different stadiums around the around the country. But do they have to? <laughs> well, I mean, you think of thirty two teams, all their players, all their support staff staying in one central location for sixteen weeks. And presumably only playing one field. Yeah. So I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I'm just saying I think it might be more trouble than it's worth. Well, they should have done just canceled the fucking season. Well, yeah. I mean, even, you know, I was watching the Seahawks game last week and they were, uh, you know, Al Michaels and uh, 
Chris Collinsworth, we're talking about, you know, I think we're going to end up calling games every day of the week here pretty soon because they keep moving games around because all these COVID cases. I'm like, then why are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you, you are saying, you're stating the problem right there and you're not even acknowledging it. And then like MLS, mm-hmm. uh, Colorado has had to cancel five games already. And then they've got, Vancouver is playing a home game against Portland in Portland. But it's a Vancouver home game somehow. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not worth it. I mean, I, I realize that, you know, these, these sports leagues, they have to make money. But, I mean, at what, at, at what cost? Yeah. Anyways, that's, that's enough COVID talk. Yeah, all right, let, let's, let's move on. Next year, next year, hopefully. Um, He's like, oh? <laughs> not you. Um, no, I, I really like Dexter, especially when it was in its prime. So I'm hoping they can kind of return to form instead of the last few shitty seasons. Here's open. So 2020 has been so crazy that this uh, has it, has it been crazy? This we originally talked about this next story in April and I seriously thought it was last episode. (laughs) Um, April seems like a lifetime ago, but also like yesterday. (laughs) That's the weird thing. Like it feels like this year has taken forever, but it also seems like things happened just like a week ago. Like we're living in like a singularity where yesterday is right now like and time is cyclical yeah <laughs> time is a construct <laughs> anyways back in april we announced on this show we broke the news no <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about how they were going to be remaking the others uh this it had been option and we were like why though yeah <laughs> um it had been picked up by sentient entertainment who we were both just like don't know who that is <laughs> i don't know that bitch uh, but of course, you know, they acquired the rights from the remake company, which everyone knows the remake company, right? They're owned by film sharks. I don't know who any of these people are or how they have money to buy movie rights. <laughs> Maybe they just like buy rights to movies that people don't like or, you know, have just like fallen into obscurity. They're like, hey, let's buy those rights and then we'll sell them for profits. That's probably what they do. <laughs> That's probably why we don't know them because they've never actually made a movie. Right. Um, but now an actual real film studio has optioned these rights from Sentient Entertainment, that being Universal Pictures. Are they a real studio anymore? Because <laughs> they work with Blumhouse, and Blumhouse isn't a real production company. <laughs> they just remake movies. <laughs> That's all they've done in like the last two years. Unless they're like... Well, we almost did a Blumhouse movie for this episode. Until I realized it was a Blumhouse, and I was like, oh, no. At this point, I would have rather watched it. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, Universal execs are currently meeting with writers to adapt the script with plans to reinvent and modernize the story. You know what that means, Tony. Cell, Cell phones. phones. <laughs> that is how we know that it takes place in present day. Yep. Even when present day, 10 years from now. Is still present day. <laughs> uh, the original, of course, took place during World War II. 
uh, Nicole Kidman moved her family and her old face into a, a big house that they thought was haunted, but it turns out they were the ones haunting it and stuff. It's dumb. Um, <laughs> it did really well at the box office. It, and people it, really like it. It, it got cr- uh, critical rev- uh, raves and reviews. and well, Of course, it got reviews. That's how it works. Positive reviews. It was like the conjuring of its day. Whereas, like, it's a shitty movie about ghosts, and people really liked it, and I was just kind of like, why? Why do people like this? And then The Conjury came around, and the exact same thing happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sentience Renee Tab previously said, back in April, when we first talked about it, first of all, she said, I can't wait to remake my favorite movie of all time, and we were both just like, whoa. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Uh, but she said, it's almost eerie and uncanny how timely the themes are today. Self-isolation, paranoia and fear, and of course, the intense desire to protect our children and ourselves from harm. Kind of goes back to what we were saying before we jumped into horror business here with the, you know, just kind of taking care of number one. TCB and Yeah. <coughs> taking care of businessing. <laughs> <laughs> um. I remember us talking about this last time saying, how are they going to remake this? Because it's like, they're, it's like remaking the sixth sense. Like the genie's out of the bottle. Yeah. You already know the secret. (laughs) Stupid. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I just like, that was like the only redeeming thing about the movie. Assuming you didn't see it coming. Uh, was just like, oh yeah, Nicole Kidman and her kids are uh, the ghosts and not the other people. Like, oh cool, that guy in the toupee. That was Bruce Willis the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yeah, you find out they're dead, and she's like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> and then yeah, no, it's gonna remake it. It's like the only way I can see this being uh, successful in keeping that same suspense is to change the ending. But then it, why what's you, the point? Yeah, why are you remaking it? Why don't I make a new movie at yeah. that point? That ending was seriously the only fucking point of the movie. <laughs> and that whole, that trope has been done to death. The whole like, oh, there's a car crash at the beginning of the movie, but they survived. And then at the end, turns out they didn't survive. Like, yeah. We've seen that. And you know what? That movie though, seriously, it holds a special, special place in my heart. The because, others? Yeah. Because it was the first time I realized that PG-13 horror movies are dog shit. <laughs> was it, was it PG-13? Uh, I, I would assume so, but it would make sense. Pretty sure. Yep. Yeah. Because I remember being... I thought you were going to say like you got a handy in the theater or something <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> when I was like 13. <laughs> 2001 was god it seems longer ago than that okay well but no i didn't get a handy in the theater i'm sorry i didn't even see it in the theater i waited till it came out i saw it in the theater that's i was on a date i didn't get it i don't think i got a handy (laughs) so what was even the point yeah right (laughs) nobody won that day (laughs) (laughs) so if you like Renee Tab are super into the fucking others, and you're just like, I can't wait to see the others with cell phones. I thought you were just gonna say, so if you like Renee Tab, I'm like I don't even know who she is. <laughs> if you, comma, like Renee Tab, comma, <laughs> are super into the others, and you just can't wait to see it with cell phones, then you are in luck because it's coming from Universal, 
in like 2023. How much you want to bet they're going to be like, re- like see, they're going to like see a ghost and then they'll be recording video in their cell phone and be like, I don't see the ghost in the cell phone. Whoa. <laughs> it must be a ghost. <laughs> see, we already wrote half the movie for them. <laughs> Where's my money, Renee? All right, guys, so uh, living legend, Elvira, a.k.a. Cassandra Peterson. I guess it'd be the other way around. Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira, I Mistress think of the Dark. It's interchangeable. It's also known as. The, it's interchangeable. I mean, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark herself, uh, has written her own comic book titled Omega Man. <laughs> I get it. It's like a play. It's a play on the words. It's a pun. Uh, it's uh, created by the icon herself and long-running Elvira scribe David Avalon. The story uh, originates with a cheeky quarantine special code name. This brand new 48-page story finds Elvira waking up from a short coma due to a hairspray overdose <laughs> uh, to discover a deserted Los Angeles. Wandering around with her canine companion, it seems that she may be the sole survivor. But the last sex symbol on Earth is not alone. She must be. She must contend with a cult of zombie-like survivors who have ingested cleaning products that alter their DNA. <laughs> uh, hmm. Where do you think they got that idea? That's topical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, you could just hit it with a beam of light. Would that work? Um, six. Sorry. Step on my dick, man. I didn't step on him. I touched his ears and he didn't like it. <laughs> touched. You, you heard me say, don't step on my dick, right? Yeah, I just thought you meant because it's your wiener. Uh, well, I mean, that's part of the joke. <laughs> <laughs> that was you that made that noise? <laughs> well, uh, the other part of the joke was you saying that you were grabbing my dick's ears. <laughs> that's what I call balls. <laughs> dick ears, you know. <laughs> Everybody says that. It's a, yeah, it's it's a, it's a saying. <laughs> it's a phrase. <laughs> um, okay, as she seeks to find out what happened and where to get a decent cup of coffee, the exclusive comic pulls inspiration from the likes of the Omega Man. You, you don't, don't say. say. Uh, the Walking Dead, 28 Days Later, Mad Max, and more, and is sure to be a delight for fans of horror, camp, and great stories, as only Elvira can. Uh, she shared, I guess, Twitter? Presumably, uh, could be could have been on Kickstarter because this is currently Kickstarter. Okay, so, um, <clears throat> who knows? She said it somewhere. She, she said it. Uh, it's been, that's what she said. She said. <laughs> uh, it's been a blast to craft this story with, which doubles as a hilarious new adventure for me and touches on so many of the, so much of the craziness in the world today. Working with the folks at Dynamite, David Avalon, and the rest of the team is always fun, and the fans are going to love it. Uh, David Avalon said himself that it's going easily the most provocative thing I've ever written. done. Written. Written. Uh, like Taylor said, it is currently funding on Kickstarter. Oh, good. Uh, I see it now. I see it there. <laughs> um, it's on Kickstarter now. 
Uh, let's take a look. Let's go to the numbers, Johnny. Their pledge amount is $6,666. <laughs> which of which or they've their raised goal, I mean, sorry. Of which they've raised $70,374. So they're going to make a series or something, right? Like I mean, I mean I I assume like any good Kickstarter project they have stretch goals. Um but uh Oh yeah, okay. So yeah, you know, Elvira vol- trading cards. Yeah, volume two, trading cards, digital GN. What's that? Oh, graphic, graphic novel. novel, digital comic. Oh wait, these aren't stretch goals. Wait, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Okay, never mind. If they get to seventy six, sixty, sixty six, they'll get an Elvira sticker. All right, it's a pretty expensive sticker. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I love Elvira. She's so much fun. Like, um, you know, her, um, movie macabre, uh, show, um, Mistress of the Dark movie, um, you know, even those things she did for, um, was it Hulu? Um, a few years ago. They're, they're just so much fun because she's just got such a smart mouth about her. Um, and she's just, she's fun to watch. She's, She's like a, a a less redneck female version of Joe Bob. It's just entertaining yeah. to watch. Um, so, um, and I, uh, she doesn't do like Sandra Peterson. She doesn't do Elvira all that often anymore. And I think I don't know if this actually held up or not. But she said a few years ago that she wasn't going to be doing convention appearances as Elvira anymore. Um. I can only imagine it's because she's getting older and it's getting harder to... A lot more double-sided tape. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, getting glammed up and, you know, wearing that big-ass wig. It's... I I think she's got to be in her 60s. Um, I don't know exactly, but... You know, you get... As you get older, you just don't want to do those... 69. Okay, I was going to say, she must be... (laughs) All right. (laughs) I was going to say, I think she might be closer to 70, but... She still looks great, man. Yeah. We saw her at, uh, at Crypticon. Was it like the first or second year we were there? So just just a handful of years ago, and she still looked great, even at her age. And she only did one day of, of Elvira. Mm-hmm. But she's so much shorter than I thought she was. She's got that big hair when, yeah. she, when she's done up. But it's like I, th- I saw her walking around, and I thought it was somebody cosplaying. <laughs> like, you know, doing a, an Elvira costume. But then I realized it was actually her. I'm like, holy shit, she's short. You also almost yelled at Sid Haig to hurry the fuck up. So. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Sid, Sid Egg, R.I.P. R.I.P. One, one love. love. <clears throat> Not to get too off subject, but you know, I shared with you the other day. Uh, you know, legendary makeup artist Rick Baker. Um, he quit the business, but he still does makeup, and I think he and his family, at least they used to, run a, a haunted house every year, where he was doing you know at least most of the uh, the makeup himself. But he'll post a picture on his Instagram every once in a while, and he made himself up to look like Sid Haig. And, like, you'd swear it was him. Like, you'd swear it was Sid Haig sitting there. Um, And um, before he took all the makeup and prosthetics off, he made himself up to look like Captain uh, Captain Spaulding, which was even weirder. Because I think because he was covering up the the, uh, the makeup more... 
with you know colorful makeup, it made it look even more real. Yeah. Um. So anyway, good stuff. Uh. Yeah. Uh. You know they've they've got some um some images here from the um from the comic itself. Looks like it could be fun. Got a little shot of her uh aunt or of her comic butt. <laughs> hey, I mean, this be- seems right up your alley. You like Elvira? You like comics? Yeah, yeah. I think I might uh, might look into this. Um, and just not tell my wife about it. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, Elvira. Uh, we'll post the um the link in the show notes so you can check it out. Uh, but it is on Kickstarter. It is fully funded, and, and then some, and then some. It's funded just over and over. It's funded so many times. It's so funded. Uh, 27 days to go from the 17th. So, you know, do the math. <laughs> no, you do the math. <laughs> so... Bluebird team. That's an interesting name. <laughs> That's a funny, funny name to say. <laughs> um, they're celebrating their one-year anniversary with a release of Blair Witch Oculus Quest Edition. This is bringing the Blair Witch video game to the Oculus Quest VR platform on October 29th. And this is... Is this a console game? Yes. I thought so. Um, I haven't played it myself, but... Is it not already in VR format with like PlayStation VR and stuff? No, it's not. Oh, that's weird. Uh, yeah, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Okay. Uh, no, this this is a new version of the game. It's completely playable from start to finish on Oculus Quest, but it's not just like a port of the game. Uh, they've actually added new things to the game. They've added new things that you can interact with. Uh, you can let just like pick up a stick and break it. Like, I don't, I don't, Fuck know, that stick. I don't know why you'd want to, but you, you could, which you can't do in the console game. Um, but most importantly is you can pet the dog that is with you. Bullet. That's good. He's, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's a good, a good boy. boy needs pets. Uh, Bloober team noted that they also added new sound effects and events throughout the game to keep players on their toes. Along with this, more encounters against the mysterious monster that you occasionally stumble across have been added. Spoopy. Yeah. Uh, Other platforms will get a VR version a few months down the line, but for Halloween, you're going to need an Oculus Quest. Which means you're going to have to give Zuckerberg money. I'm not going to do that. Uh, Yeah, like, I I don't know anybody that has an Oculus. Carlos might? I don't know. He's the only one I can think of that would. I, w- I would b- get a PlayStation VR before I bought an Oculus. Sure, yeah. So it's like buying a completely new fucking system. What? What's the point? <clears throat> um, have you played any games in VR? I have not. Um, I really wanted to play Resident Evil 7, uh, Biohazard. Because I heard very good things about it in in VR form, um, I just I don't have a VR headset myself. I'd be 
skeptical, especially now. I mean, this is before COVID, but especially now, um, about using anybody else's. So. Oh, yeah. Before you just get pink eye. Right. Now you um, get pink eye and COVID. Right. Although yeah. apparently they're linked. Like pink eye is like a symptom of COVID. Mm-hmm. Which everyone thought Pence had it. Yeah. Um, that and he was apparently rotting because he had flies on his head. <laughs> right. Idiot. <laughs> you know, it's funny that he looked, he was such a fucking punching bag. He looked like such a fucking idiot the entire time. And then there were actually people out there who were like, man, Pence just stomped her. Yeah. Like, what fucking debate did you just watch? Did you see the SNL skit of it? No. Uh, so that Jim Carrey as Joe Biden, he decided that he needed to go and help Kamala. So he got into a teleporter. <laughs> like and, the fly? And turned into the fly. <laughs> And so then he was on Mike Pence's head. So he was Jim Carrey as Joe Biden as a fly who then turned into Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> so he was Jim Carrey doing Joe Biden doing Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, uh, uh, apartments.com. It's the, the place to find a place. <laughs> so good. Speaking of Jeff Goldblum, did you see that he recreated his sexy pose? <laughs> yes. Awesome. Still looks good. He's yeah. I mean, seventy-five-year-old hipster. Did you ever watch that show on Disney Plus? Yeah. Um, he's like, he still looks good. I mean, he's he's maintained his youthfulness pretty well, and he's still real thin. Yeah. He's like, you know, in the fly. I mean, granted that was thirty plus years ago, but in the fly, he was like, not like buff, but he's like really fit, ripped. Yeah. Um, and now he's just like super skinny. So he must have not wanted to hold on to that. I was like when he gets excited about something, because he's like, oh. He gets more and yes. more unintelligible. Mm. <laughs> he does this with his hands. He's <laughs> like, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I like that. I like what you're doing there. <laughs> Did you ever watch The League? Not regularly, uh, no. He played Nick Kroll's dad, which oh, is really? just so fucking perfect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think horror games in VR would be fucking awesome. Like, the, I feel like that's like the genre of video games that would most benefit from VR. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because you, I mean, you got you're immersed in this creepiness, and you, there's there's new sound effects and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that would be dope. Yeah, I mean, the only person I know that has a PlayStation VR headset is Max, um, and like, so he was like really the only one I could ask. Hey, how's Resident Evil on that VR headset, and he like told me that he would never do it because it would be too creepy. It'd be too scary. <laughs> fuck you, fuck. <laughs> Chicken shit. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. that's it for horror business. That is horror business, and it only took us an hour and seventeen minutes. Not too bad. We've done worse. Yeah. All right, so. From here, we go towards, or we go, not towards. Would you say we dive in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Film reviews.
You know, we were talking about earlier in the episode uh, about just missing out on things we usually do in October. Uh, and Facebook is, no. is very nice about reminding uh, reminding me of those things. Like right now, I'm seeing all like uh, all the stuff about leading up to my vacation in New Orleans a few years ago. Uh, so that's that's been fun. And yeah, was, here in the next couple of days, we're going to be getting those. Uh, this time last year, you were at Disneyland mm-hmm. posts. Hey Taylor, huh? Are you enjoying your shrimp? <laughs> <laughs> are you one of those greasy guys? <laughs> You got any gum? You got any gum? Gotcha. <laughs> that's the uh, stupidest vacation. <laughs> but like, the most awesome. No, it was awesome. Like everything we did was was super awesome, but just us, we were just so stupid that whole the whole week. <laughs> I can't believe we made three like not that funny jokes last for an entire week. Yeah, plus doing the noodle arm one. <laughs> Uh, this is the George Jefferson walk. This is for no reason. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, like we said, this was uh, a week of our Patreon picks, and they, well, one of them picked, and we uh, delegated the. What am I talking about? I don't know. We picked out of all of the selections, week of the sea monster. Or sea creature. However. I've been going with sea creature. Sure. It's all the same. Yeah. They're all monsters. Monsters, monsters the lot of you. <laughs> so, uh, we opted to pick the 2006 Korean film, uh, or South Korean, I should specify. It's not North Korea. We wouldn't right. watch a North Korean film. <laughs> right. Do these even exist? Um, they do, but they're all like, oh, great leader. <laughs> All of them. They all sing that song. All propaganda films, and they all—that's the end credits for every <laughs> single movie. <laughs> the 2006 uh, South Korean film, The Host, and the 1989 American film, <laughs> uh, Leviathan. Uh, Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with The Host. Mr. Kim, formaldehyde, dirty formaldehyde. Pour him into the sink. still alive why didn't you contact the police or the military a human rights organization something 
So just a reminder, uh, these are beyond our five-year spoiler embargo. So if you haven't seen them, fuck you. Get, get on with it. Like it's just on Hulu. Yeah, they're they're both. Leviathan's on Amazon. I think they're both on Amazon. Well, I, I, oh, I, I watched the host on on Hulu. I did too. I floated back and forth because you know I've got surround sound system, and I want to fucking use it. <laughs> so when I see usually Hulu. Uh, not utilize it, I get kind of pissed off. So I went over to Amazon thinking it would have made a difference, and it didn't. So I was kind of irritated. Anyway. Well, fuck my old boots. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie starts out in the year 2000, where Dr. Herschel Green is uh, from, from... What the fuck? <laughs> That's Korean. Green that's what in Korean? Uh, the title of the movie. Oh. <laughs> Not the host. It means monster, but the title in Korean is monster, apparently. Is Grimly. It's Grimly. <laughs> they can't hear that on this show, though. Oh. I thought that was coming through. No. Like, you'll I, have to plug it in, I, I, but I you'll could... forget. <laughs> Just like last episode when you were like, I'm going to put a bumper here. And I was like, he's not going to put a bumper here. Guess what? No bumper. <laughs> yeah, there was. No, there was not. Anyway, uh, we started out in 2000. Dr. Herschel Green from The Walking Dead before he got his head cut off. Right. Uh, he is a neat freak in this lab. And he tells his assistant, who is of Korean descent, uh, he says that this whole place is dusty and I hate it. But before you clean it again, all these bottles have dust on the outside. So you need to dump all the chemicals in the drain, which I didn't understand. It seems like flawed logic. And a waste <clears throat> of chemicals. Well, he said it was it was used for formaldehyde. Which, like, I don't... I mean, I assume there's, like, a proper way to dispose of it for formaldehyde. I, I would think so. I don't know what it is, but I'm fairly certain it's not dumping it down the drain. No. And the assistant even says, he goes, but that drain goes out to the Han River. And he's like, good idea. Let's dump it in the Han River. It's like, fuck your river. <laughs> I'm American. Yeah. I don't care. That's that's the thing about this movie. It makes every single American look like a fucking asshole. Yeah, well. well, you know, yeah, sure. But at the same time, it's like, hey, man, what's the deal? Um, oh, by the way, uh, this is directed by Bong Joon-ho, who, of course, just won all the awards for Parasite. Did he win all the awards? I thought he just won one. He won so many awards. Okay. like Like 12 awards. Uh, oh my god. So many more than 12? Holy fuck. 1, 2, 3, 4. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 43 awards. That's, that's quite a bit. Uh, including the Academy Award, which was the first time that a non-English language movie won the Academy Award for Best Picture. So. Get, I thought it got Best Foreign Film. Nope, Best Picture. Yeah, okay. So. Uh, yeah, the, so this assistant, he just starts dumping all this stuff down the drain. And there are probably hundreds of bottles of this stuff. Fat, f- fast forward. I almost said it again. Idiot. <laughs> fast forward. 2006. Fat forward. Fat forward to 2006. Uh, there's this guy named Park Gang Gangdu. Uh, who 
him and his father run this little snack shack at a park that overlooks the river. And uh, they live in a shack down by the river. <laughs> they don't live there. Um, but Gangdu is, he's just like lazy. He sleeps all the time. He might be narcoleptic. I mean, maybe. Yeah. They, they, they kind of, he talks about how he, he sleeps like a rooster. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. Roosters sleep a lot. I mean, maybe like sitting up. I don't know. But yeah, he basically explains that he, uh, when he was a kid, he didn't get enough protein, and that's why he always just falls asleep at random times. I don't think that's how it works. Yeah. I don't <laughs> um. So yeah, they they run this little snack shack, and uh, Gangdu's daughter Hyun So, um, she you know comes up to the store and starts hanging out with them, and they're watching uh, her aunt uh, Nam Namju, who is a professional archer, and she is vying for the gold medal. At something. It's not the Olympics. The, the archery it's fest. National championships. They say she's a national medalist. Right. She's not a, not a world medalist. Right. So some kind of Korean national archery championship. Um, so yeah, they're all kind of hanging out and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, uh, Gangdu notices a bunch of people all looking at the bridge. And so he goes down and he's like, what's going on? And there's something hanging off the bridge. And eventually it kind of unfurls and you can see it's some kind of giant sea creature. And he drops down into the river. And Gang Du starts throwing, was it beer or just canned food? Some kind of canned. He threw a can of beer at it. And then everybody else that was all gathered around started throwing. Yeah, they started throwing everything. Every kind of snacks and everything kind of drink that they had. And this creature, like, he takes the beer. Then finally he's just like, quit throwing your shit at me. And he Mm -hmm. just leaves. Fuck this, I'm out. And then he jumps up on the land and just starts wrecking shit. He's whipping people into the water with his tail. And he's grabbing people. And he's, like, whacking at them with his little claws. Just whacking them off. (laughs) Just whacking people off left and right. So our, uh, our... squad of of heroes uh they take off running gangdu grabs what he thinks is hyunso's hand and starts dragging her away and then all of a sudden he looks down and realizes it's not her so he looks that looks back just in time to see hyunso get scooped up by the monster in his tail and, it, and then he jumps into the river And he carries her across the river, goes to the other side, and then he ducks down into a... Well, he, first he vomits up a person. Right. And then he kind of slides back into the river. And so then they just... They have this mass funeral for all the people that this monster attacked. Uh, and this is where uh, Gangdu's sister reappears, as well as his alcoholic brother... Uh, Nam Il. I have to keep looking back at these names because I just can't remember that. Um, and they they get into this huge fight, and it's just they basically make a huge spectacle of themselves, and it's it's pretty funny. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but it is. Like it's a very solemn affair, 
but they start like literally like fist fighting. Yeah. It's like, yeah, uh, what's uh, Gangdu and Namil? They start like putting each other in chokeholds and shit. Yeah. And they like just fall to the ground and they're just like kicking at each other on the ground like little kids. And this, they're just all, I mean, they're screaming in like anguish because of uh, the, the presumed death of uh, uh, Hyun So. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's like, to the side, they're just making a fucking spectacle of themselves and it looks ridiculous. And it's like, you know, I've said before how it's hard to interpret films, foreign films that aren't dubbed because it's hard to really absorb. <laughs> when, when things are subtitled, it's hard to kind of keep track of how people are really feeling because people from different cultures and different languages, they express themselves differently. So it's kind of hard to read exactly how you're supposed to be interpreting some scenes. And this was kind of like that. Yeah. But at the same time, like movies that are dubbed, like there's like six American dub actors and they dub every movie ever made. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that is, I mean, I have no argument that that is the trouble with, with dubbing films is that, there aren't i mean you have to basically completely recast a movie yeah and that yeah so i was listening to uh fake doctors real friends which mm-hmm. is the, the scrubs podcast with zach braff and donald Faison, and they were talking about uh for whatever reason they were talking about being dubbed and they were saying that the guy who dubs donald Faison's voice has like a really high voice <laughs> <laughs> and they were saying that you know in whatever country the person who dubs that actor's voice for one thing will dub them for everything. He's like, so every movie I'm in, I'm like, Hey everybody, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, so people think that's what I sound like. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get too far off subject, but, um, a couple months ago when DC was doing their online fan convention, um, they were had this uh, um, video segment where they were talking about the people that voice Batman from around the world. Um, and I think they actually, like it was, it was kind of hosted by Will Arnett who did Batman in, in Lego Batman. Um, but I think that was the only American Batman. The rest of them, I mean, everybody else was from different countries. Um, and I thought it was interesting that, I think it was the guy from, Spain or like just like the Spanish Batman voice. He voices like every iteration of Batman. Ba- Batman well. Huh? Batman well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that show. Um he uh but like every Batman he he's voiced like I mean the cartoons, uh yeah. Um, you know, Michael Keaton. Um, actually, I guess he didn't go that far back, but like Christian Bale, Ben, ben Affleck, um, Val Kilmer, p- probably. But yeah, like every every iteration of Batman in like the last 20 years or something like that, he's, he's voiced. <laughs> Short gay Batman. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, anyway. Anyway, uh, so as they're making a scene at this funeral, uh, one of the 
guys from Monsters Inc. walks in in like the full body yellow uh, hazmat suit. <laughs> this is another thing where I don't know if this was supposed to be funny, but he slips <laughs> and there's this loud thud. Somebody looks at him, but he like pops up and puts his hands on his hips. <laughs> He's just like, you didn't say anything. <laughs> uh, but he makes this announcement that uh, anybody who has been in contact with the creature needs to come with them in quarantine. And Gangdu says, you know, I didn't, I didn't touch it, but at one point I like stabbed it with something and his, some of his blood got on my face. And so they're like, swarm, swarm. Yeah. When he, what he should have said <laughs> was, was nothing. nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. So they like haul him away and it's revealed that the creature contains some kind of virus and anybody that it touched is now infected with this virus. This is told to us through the news from a uh, U.S. uh, sergeant or general or something at the U.S. military who apparently has, he's been infected with this virus. Yeah. Um, And then so while Gangdu is in quarantine, he gets a a phone call on his Motorola 5150. And uh, it's it's actually a flip phone, so I guess it can't be a 5150. It It was a weird phone because it was like a brick. It was like, yeah, like it stands up on yeah. its own. Uh, I mean, Grant, yeah, this was 2006. So, I mean, they're old phones, but. Uh, it's also Korea. Like they get phones that we never see. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, just like Asian cultures, they get like stuff that just seems so outrageous to us. Yeah. Uh, I mean, including cell phones. It's like. We think of it and we're like, oh, it's like a bootleg or something because it's not Apple or Android. But yeah. it's like, actually, this is so much better than anything you've ever seen. Like, <laughs> this has like holograms and teleportation. Like, yeah, you, you, <laughs> you can make a phone call from out of fucking space. But. Yeah. Um, but he gets a phone call from Hyun So. And she, you know, tries to tell him, I'm, I'm in a sewer. I'm in a, a big, deep sewer. And you have to come help me. But then the, the phone call gets cut off. So he, like, I gotta go. Yeah, he escapes the hospital, um, with the help of some uh, less than savory characters, yeah, shall like, we say? I don't know if they're like gangsters or freedom fighters of some sort or what. But I mean, Wikipedia says gangsters. Okay, so we're gonna go with that. And they they help him to break out, pick him up in a van. <laughs> um. Namju is just kind of like wandering around the parking lot and they have to pick her up. Yeah, they're like, she never fucking hurries. <laughs> um, but then, you know, they tell him, we'll, we'll set you up with a truck and some hazmat suits and some guns for $11,000. And they're like, it's okay, we take credit cards. <laughs> and, like, and by that, I mean, they literally take his credit card. Yeah. That's theirs now. <laughs> Mine's now. Serious <laughs> minds now. <laughs> so they take off, and they're they're wearing brown hazmat suits. And Gangdu is like, you know, we're we're gonna get caught. These are supposed to be yellow. And uh, the dad, uh, Hebong, is like, we'll just say we're a different team. <laughs> I love they get stopped at you know some kind of checkpoint, and the, the guy clearly recognizes Gangdu. He makes him pull down his mask. Yeah. And he, he says, are you with so-and-so, whatever company? And he's like, yes, but we're a different team. 
And the guy's like, well, yeah, I'm yeah, the general manager of this company. <laughs> uh, so they give him a bucket of quarters that Gang Du was uh, saving up to buy um, Hyun So a new cell phone. They just give that to him as a bribe. <laughs> just hands him a, like, a, like in a black uh, plastic bag. And he's like, this is all I have right now. Yeah. And it's like a cup of noodles full of quarters. Right. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, there's this weird, it's like side story of these two homeless people who like break into the snack shack. And it, it seemed like they were only there to describe this, uh, so re concept, which basically just sounds like stealing. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, it's not stealing. Cause you pay it forward. And it's like, but you're still stealing. Yeah. That's not how that works. <clears throat> um, but the family goes back to the snack shack. Uh, the creature shows up, knocks the snack shack over. Fuck the shack. <laughs> uh, they injure it, though, because they shoot it with their guns. <laughs> <laughs> we will smash your skulls with our weapons. <laughs> and so they think they're safe, but the monster like pops up and chases him down, and he ends up killing uh, Hebong by knocking him down really hard. Yep. And uh Gangdu feels very responsible because he was because they were they were chasing it and shooting it and they were like, Oh, I'm out of weapon or I'm out of bullets. Me too. And then Gangdu is like, Oh, I still have one more. And so Hebong takes that gun and he's gonna he's basically I mean, he basically sacrifices himself regardless because he tells the kids, he's like, You take off running, I'm gonna finish him off. Yeah. And he pulls the trigger and you see Gangdu counting his on his fingers, and he's just like, Oh shit. <laughs> So he had no bullets, and so he gets knocked down and killed. And so Gangdu goes over to his body, and he's you know like mourning over his dad's body. And that's when the soldiers show up, and they haul him back to quarantine. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, let's see. What happens next? Um, yeah, Gangdu goes back to quarantine. Uh, this doctor, where have I seen this guy before? He's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, He's got a lazy eye. Yeah. Like, how am I supposed to take this fucking guy seriously? Yeah, like, I thought he was going to be there for comic relief. Yeah. Is he the guy from Back to the Future? Who's like, I think he took that guy's wallet. Back to the Future 2. No, I don't think that's him. No, just another, that's a different guy with a lazy eye? <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, this American scientist shows up, and he's, he starts saying that Gangdu, the virus has clearly gotten to his brain because Gangdu is telling him, hey, my daughter is alive. I have to go save her. She's in a sewer somewhere. You have to help me. And he's like, well, clearly he's delusional. So the virus has gone to his brain. And so the only thing to do is to lobotomize him. Yeah. And then he kind of has an aside with his translator. And he says, you know, like just between me and you, there is no virus. <laughs> this whole thing is bullshit. It's all going to go away after the election. <laughs> In April, like a miracle, it'll disappear. Right. Which is it's funny. How uh... Man, it was weird how topical this movie right? was. <laughs> <clears throat> but Gang Du is like, no virus? Like, this is the only English he understands. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's just like, there's no virus? And so he once again breaks out of the, the compound. I love that he's, they're in like a storage container 
and he he just he breaks out by taking a syringe of his own blood and he's just like threatening everybody with it. He's like, "You want a virus bath?" Mm-hmm. And then he kicks out the door and there's all these like soldiers out there having a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What is going on?" Just fucking partying. <laughs> Super Bowl, bro. Super Bowl. Um So, meanwhile, Hyunso is in this sewer and the monster keeps showing up and just like vomiting other people into the sewer. Some of them die. Some of them live on for another couple minutes or so before dying. Uh, this one other little kid gets thrown in there and they kind of, you know, they make up this plan. They're going to take all the clothes off the dead bodies and tie them up, make a uh, rope. Yeah, it was, out. it was the kid and his older brother, the ones... Uh, yeah, the homeless kids. The, th- the thieving little shits. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the older brother, he's <laughs> So they make up this rope and they, they're able to get it up to the grate up above. But as she's climbing out, the monster wakes up. Because they did it when the monster was there, for some reason. <laughs> Instead of waiting till he left. Because he seems to just go out for a stroll every day, but... <laughs> He's got to go to work. <laughs> you two behave yourselves. Uh, so the monster, he he swallows her and this other little kid whole. And uh, meanwhile, the American government, as they're wont to do, has decided they're going to step in and they're going to release this chemical agent called Agent Yellow, which I don't know if that was supposed to be racist. <laughs> I mean, considering how they uh, represent Americans in this movie, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But, you know, they say it's this chemical agent that's going to uh, eliminate the virus when in actuality its whole purpose is to eliminate the monster. But it's funny because when they're they're trying to sell this virus, uh, you see these um, sanitation trucks and sanitation boat like there's these boats like coasting the river, um, spreading this fog, these trucks spreading the same fog. It was very, very reminiscent of what you saw going on in um, uh, in uh, Wuhan. Yeah. Earlier this year. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually stopped it at one point and went out in the living room and started talking to Cheese. And I was like, it's weird how timely this movie is. Because, <laughs> like, there's news reports where they're talking about, you know, the United States is blaming Korea for not controlling the virus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. <laughs> this is prophetic. Uh, but these protesters come out and they all start saying that, you know, the Agent Yellow is dangerous it's hazardous you you can't release it it's going to kill people rather than help anybody and the u.s is just like oh whatever <laughs> um but the monster comes out during this protest everybody scatters they release the the gas and the monster seems to be stunned so uh uh gang do Walks right up to the monster, looks in his mouth, and he sees um, Hyunso's hand sticking out. And so he grabs it, and he pulls her out, and she's still holding on to the other little kid. Uh, whose name I don't remember. I don't see anywhere. But Some fucking name. Yeah. Uh, Nam Il shows up with Molotov cocktails. He starts throwing them at the monster. And this homeless guy that he had enlisted to help him walks along the catwalk on the bridge 
and starts dumping gasoline in the monster's mouth. And uh, Namiel goes to throw a Molotov cocktail and it slips out of his hand and he drops it. Stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> so Namju shows up with her trusty bow and arrow. This is pretty badass. <laughs> Sticks the arrow into the flaming wreckage, gets a big chunk of Molotov cocktail on it, fires it right into the monster's eyeball. He explodes. Well, not explodes, but he bursts into flames and, uh, gang do he starts headed for the river the monster does and gang do takes some kind of pole and just shoves it right into his mouth hole which looks like a very terrifying vagina by the way it it does yeah <laughs> um, and then the monster dies 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 um but hyun so also dies but the the young boy <laughs> Uh, he wakes up when Gang Du shakes him violently, <laughs> as you do. Like, I, there's several times in the movie where somebody dies and people just like shake him, and I'm like, mouth to mouth? No, just, <laughs> just shaking. Okay. Um, and then fast forward, Gang Du and uh, the the young boy, they are now running the snack shack. And the news comes on and they start talking about, you know, what happened at the Han River. And you, you can't really make it out because it's an English person speaking. Siju. That's the boy's name. Okay. The young boy. Um, <clears throat> there's an American person talking and then the Korean translator talking over them. And then uh, Gangdu and what was it? Siju. Uh, uh, they're, they're also talking at the same time. So it's kind of hard to tell what's going on. But you do hear the... Um, the American person talking about there's been a lot of misinformation. I was just like, fucking hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, turn off this crap. Let's eat our dinner. And that's the end. It's funny how um, disinterested they were when they actually like lived it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and just like the fact that they're just lying on TV. I'd be a little more upset, but that's just me. <laughs> but that's none of my business. I mean, maybe that's why they were disinterested because they were just like, well, this fucker's lying. We don't need to listen to this. It's kind of like how I started or stopped paying attention to, to Trump. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know he's going to lie. So. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. So, thoughts? Um, it's okay. <laughs> I, like... I feel like my feelings about this movie do not reflect uh, the common um, ratings of it. <laughs> like, like on IMDb, this is rated seven point one out of ten, um, and I, I don't think I'm there. <laughs> no, no. I thought it was quite good. It's okay. What did you not like about it? Um. Well, I mean. You know I fucking hate subtitles. That was really difficult because, um, you know, it probably it may have been a different story if I was like here watching it by myself, because then I could like focus on it. But you know I have my wife here, um, and I've got two fucking dogs that don't behave themselves, and so I've got all this shit going on around me while I'm trying to sit there and read a movie. Mm. And it's just a fucking nightmare. And like, while there's shit going on, like active shit going on on the screen. Like, I think I talked about this last time. 
Was it with Kronos or was it something else? Probably. Talking about action movies that are dubbed or that are subtitled. I think you talked about it with Kronos. Um, Yeah. I mean, like, if it's like a a dramatic movie with subtitles, that's one thing. But when there's a lot of action going on, if you're trying to follow what's going on on the screen and read subtitles at the same time, you're going to lose something. Yeah. You're going to lose what's going on on the screen or you're going to lose some of the dialogue. Um. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like, like I said earlier, I, I understand the difficulties, um, and the, um, you know, the restrictions or restrictive nature of basically, basically enlisting a, a secondary cast to dub a movie, but I don't know. Uh, other thing, this was two, two fucking hours long. There was no reason for that. <laughs> There are like these weird kind of asides that, I, like I said, there was the homeless kids that were stealing from the shack. Like, I don't know what the purpose of that was. Or when Namil uh, enlisted the help of the, the homeless, I don't know why they all revolve around homeless people, but it, it enlisted the help of the homeless guy to go help him, you know, at this protest. Like, yeah, I know that guy ended up being pivotal to the end, but that could have been anybody. Right. Um, but like... There are few movies, especially ones like this, where it's just like a monster movie, that warrant being two hours long. Yeah. The thing um, is, though, like all those asides and stuff, I don't, even if you had taken those out, I, it wouldn't have made a huge difference because they weren't very long. Uh, I mean, so it's not like, like, I don't think if you cut those out, you'd come down to an hour and a half. Maybe not. But, like, and I don't, I don't know what else you would cut out. I don't know. It, it would probably take some restructuring of the script. Yeah. I think. There were some kind of monologues that probably could have been shortened or removed completely. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, you know, you know, will they or won't they type shit going on. It's like, I must have thought that little girl was going to die like five times. Yeah. And then she actually did. And so it was so fucking anticlimactic because <laughs> I thought she was already dead like three times. Yeah. I kept waiting for her to wake up. Yeah, you know, in the in the last scene, they because there's a couple times where yeah, you think that she's like dead, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she's just not. Either she wakes up, or this the next time they show her, she's walking around. Yeah, and you're just like, wait, I thought she died. And then <laughs> so yeah, at the end they show her, you know, she's in uh, Namju's arms, and you just kind of keep waiting for her to wake up, and then she just <laughs> never does. But I mean, I I enjoyed it. Uh, the end definitely did seem a little anticlimactic, and like there's the epilogue scene i guess or whatever you want to call it where they're in the shack like there's this part where uh you think something's coming out of the water and gang do gets his shotgun out even though they've shown that shotguns don't actually do anything to it (laughs) but so you think there's going to be like this one last moment or something and then it just kind of goes away right yeah um yeah just I mean, like, I fucking hate long movies unless it's, <laughs> like, it, it's rare that I actually want to watch a two-hour movie, like, about anything. Yeah. Like, I really, really liked uh, 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 fucking Last Avengers movie that was, like, three hours long. Oh, I don't know. I liked it, but it was too fucking long. Yeah. <laughs> um, So two hours, that that's just, like, that's going to be no for me, dog. <laughs> Um, and, uh, the, like, 
So I, I realized they kind of worked in tandem, but this shifted back and forth between being like a pandemic movie and being uh, like a monster movie. Yeah. And it seemed like... But there never actually was a virus. Right. But it it presented as if there was one. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, as I was watching it, I was kind of like, is this like, does it not really fall under sea creature because it's this pandemic caused or this virus caused by the, the sea creature? But I was like, this, this still has a sea creature. So I guess it still counts, but... Yeah, it's just like... And I, I know that like... For our purposes to watch a sea creature movie. I can't really knock it for that, but it's like, I, I don't know. It's just, I wish it would have focused on more one or the other. Cause it seemed like this could have been like an interesting pandemic movie or it could have been an interesting, uh, monster movie instead it was kind of like a mediocre both <laughs> um and um yeah i guess those those are my main gripes with it um yeah i don't know and like oh i mean so i get those 2006 and i mean i imagine they had the limited budget that's eleven million. Eleven million American. That's not bad. Um that sea creature, like it looked fine on its own, but when you put it in a realistic like in a real world backdrop, it looked terrible. Yeah. That's that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is it uh the monster on its own, the CG was not bad, but it was the way it interacted with his environment, it it just looked very kind of pasted on. Yeah. And it's like I think I've said this on the show more than once. Like, if you're gonna put CGI in your movie, it needs to be good. Otherwise, don't fucking put it in your movie. <laughs> right. Um, so but I mean this was, you know, it was a monster movie. You couldn't you couldn't have done this practically. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like maybe they should have shifted more towards the pandemic angle. Yeah. Um which, you know, like saying that this is topical, yeah, it's true, but with the whole monster aspect of it, like, it could have had a pretty good, like, p- political thriller uh, out of this, um, but they kind of steered away from that in in favor of more of a monster movie. So, I don't know. I think they should have gone one way or the other. I shouldn't have tried to combine the two. And I realized that the, the, the virus is supposed to be like a diversion. Um, and, you know, to kind of point fingers. Um, but I don't know, just that, that whole story thread wasn't really working for me. Hmm. Um, I would have preferred if it was an actual virus or just focused on the monster. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't have a problem with it, but um, it is definitely weird that, the uh, government would be like, no, there's no monster. There's just a horrible flesh eating virus. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that better? Yeah. That actually seems worse. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, if you're talking about a virus, that's like sweeping 
an, uh, a region in a country and has the potential to take over the world, a la coronavirus, <laughs> um, it, uh, that seems way more terrifying or, or way. Well, yeah, because that's not contained. Yeah. Like that's, that can go global much faster than one monster could. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't know. Like, am I going to be more worried about a virus that's like killing people left and right? Let's say like, let's turn the virus into like a zombie virus. It's like, oh, there's, there's a virus that's going around. It's killing people and then bringing them back to life. Also, Godzilla is in Japan. It's like, well, I think there are zombies right next door. So let's worry about the zombies. Worry about that first. Right. Like if you flip it, if there was like saying, you know, oh, there's, there's no virus. There's just this monster. You'd be like, oh, well, sucks for those people. (laughs) (laughs) Not my problem. (laughs) Whereas if they're like, oh, there's this deadly virus. You're like, I better, you know, mask up and wash my hands. Yeah. You know, socially distanced. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to just being like, man, I hope that monster doesn't come here. Right. Uh, anyway. Um, anyway, I, I liked it. I do uh, understand. I mean, I do agree that it was uh, a little long and there were definitely parts that I could see getting either cut or shaved down to make it a little more of a, of a manageable uh, length. Um, but overall, I thought it was well done. Uh, the CG definitely was an issue, but again, that's like you said, it was 2006, which was a little right around the time when they started being like, let's just CG everything. Right. <laughs> um, and the technology just wasn't there. Yeah. It was right at that tipping point where like CGI became cheaper than practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, practical effects have just gotten like, you know, to pay for the supplies and the talent was just becoming too much and you know more and more people were less willing to put in the hours to to work with special effects not to mention you don't need a second take with cgi it's true um but conversely there was yeah like you said the technology just wasn't there yet yeah arguably it's arguably arguably it's still not unless you're like the disney company or something Plus, I mean, you had sci-fi being like, yo, this, whatever, fucking CGI, anything. Doesn't matter. It's fucking sharks in a tornado. Why not? <laughs> it's like, well, we don't really have the technology for that. Just make just make it there. It doesn't have to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Did we ever talk about uh, Barricane? What about Barricane? The fact that it was our fucking idea. <laughs> and now Johnny Nitro is out here trying to steal it. Right. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Fuck you, Johnny Nitro. <laughs> Whatever the hell your name is now. Um. Anyway. Anyway, I mean, you said it's uh, you said it's like a seven on IMDb. Yeah. That's. I think that's. It's good for me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it a seven. All right. Um. I'll give it a five. Like I recognize the merits that make people like it. I just didn't really like it that much. Yeah. I think if it was like shorter and had like some better graphics, <laughs> graphics like it's a video game, but it's <laughs> um, weird calling them effects, you know, like they're not, they're, I mean, they're digital effects, I guess, but you know what I mean? If it was shorter, like more concise, a little more direct to the story and had better CGI effects, I think it probably would have been like an eight or a nine. Cause I think the story was really good. I, I liked the, the whole pandemic cover up thing, but, but again, I, 
it's weird to me because it seems like it should be reversed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Well, there you go. There I go. Uh, like Taylor said, this is on Hulu and Amazon if you have Prime. So, <clears throat> all right. Next up is the nineteen ninety or sorry, nineteen eighty nine film Leviathan. It was an experiment that tampered with nature's most basic laws. It went terribly wrong. It was buried five miles down. Now, a crew of undersea miners is about to stumble upon this terrifying secret. Shack to seven, what's going on out there, Williams? My God, are you picking this up? Look at that. Leviathan. Currently with the Russian fleet in the Baltic Sea. Currently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it. What's your air reading? 20 minutes. Do something quick. We've lost him. My crew's in jeopardy. But you have no proof. I'm ordering you to start an emergency medical evacuation. What if it turns out to be nothing? Help me. It's already killed one man. Why do we I'm losing compressed. I can't breathe. Whatever got six-pack in Bowman, it's still here. I feel something. Somebody's alive in here. What's going on? Six-pack. Six-pack, answer. trying to tell us, Doc. It absorbs the intelligence of its victims. Thank goodness you're still alive. When are you coming? I say we protect ourselves. Leviathan. All right, Leviathan, 1989, directed by Richard, Co- uh, sorry, um, George, uh, this is such a simple name, but I know I'm going to screw it up, Cosmatos. There we go. I said it right. Like Comatose of the Cosmos. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> um, um, Cosmo Kramer. <laughs> uh, Cos- or, I don't know if it's Cosmatos or Cosmatos. Could be anything. Cosmetos. Um, he uh, he's no longer with us. He died in two thousand five, but uh, in his time, he did direct some uh, recognizable films. Um, he uh, he directed uh, uh, First Blood Part Two. Uh, he directed Cobra. Um, this uh, Leviathan, and he also directed Tombstone. Hmm. So uh, he got around. Did some good work. Um, his last directing credit was in 1997. So I, I, he must have retired, I guess. Guess so. Um, Leviathan, uh, it has a, a pretty, well, not like A-listers, but recognizable faces. At least a couple, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's the cast is led by Peter Weller, a.k.a. Robocop. Um, but then you also have... We almost name our kids Murphy because that was Robocop's name. <laughs> Uh, also had, uh, Richard Crenna, who was, um, Colonel, uh, Colonel Troutman in, in, Ro- uh, not Robocop, Rambo. Uh, Amanda Pays in, like, the Flash TV show and some other things here and there. Daniel Stern, Ernie Hudson. Meg Foster. 
Meg Foster, um, Lisa Eilbacher, um, you probably recognize from Beverly Hills Cop. Outside of that, maybe not so much. But um, anyway, so this, uh, it presents itself as taking place in, you know, a not too distant future, but it doesn't say that it is. So, oh, really? I kept wondering what year it was supposed to be. I was like, is this supposed to be 89 or is this supposed to be 99 since that was always the future? Yeah. I mean, like that kind of technology, because it takes place in a deep sea. Um, they call mine. it a shack. Yeah. It's, it's called Shack 7. It's basically a deep sea mining base um, where these people just live almost like, like a space station, except it's, you know, under the, one of the deepest areas in, in the Atlantic Atlantic Ocean. Um, they're mining for um, silver, uh, silver, and and other silver precious metals. Silver and gold. Yeah, I like the song. Yeah, that's what it's about. <laughs> it's about deep. The song mining. was about Leviathan. <laughs> it's um, end credits is what they play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, sh- the shack and the whole operation is run by Trioceanic Group, who is. Uh, um, fronted by Miss Martin, who's played by Meg Foster. Um, they hired uh, geologist uh, Stephen Beck. I didn't realize until I saw this how much a younger Meg Foster reminds me of Kirstie Alley. I could see that. Voice, mostly. Sure. Also, those piercing eyes. True. Those things still creep me out. <laughs> and it's like, as she's gotten older, like it, they're even more terrifying. <laughs> Um, well, then, like in uh, Lords of Salem, when she was all like dirty and just made the eyes stand out even more. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, Trioceanic Group uh, hired Stephen Beck, who was played by Peter Weller. Um, he's a geologist by trade, but they hired him to head up this mining operation. Becky, as he likes to be called. <laughs> um, and uh, it's a three month operation. They, you know, Work, eat, sleep, shit, everything in this deep sea base for three months. Um, and, you know, we have all the people I just mentioned living in this base uh, in close quarters with each other. Um, so it's it seems like it has, like, there's no real cabin fever, which seems weird. Yeah, I would think there would I mean, be. They're all itching to get out, get home, and they're within, was it like three days when the movie the, starts? I, I think so, yeah. Uh, three days from being... Uh, well, it's, it's four when the movie starts because you see six-pack erase the four and write three. Right. Um, anyway, so we uh, open up and the crew is out on the ocean floor um, mining just, you know, rock structures for, for these precious metals. Um, and uh, suddenly uh, De Jesus uh, starts losing pressure in his suit. Now, if you're not familiar with the concept of water weight <laughs> and the uh, intense amounts, amounts of pressure that live under this, that um, exists under the sea, um, there is a reason that like explorations of the Titanic aren't all that common because the pressure that deep in the sea is so crushing that, like, you've seen the tiny little s- submarines that go down that deep because they have to be so tight or so small and so dense 
to resist the pressure of all that. I mean, think of just like a, a bucket of water sitting on top of your head. Now imagine that pressure coming out at you from every square inch on your body. Um, that's what exists down there. So they have these pressurized suits, which is a bit real unrealistic, I think, but I'm not a scientist. It starts losing these pre- losing pressure. And so De Jesus starts to feel the effects of that. So they're trying to rush as quickly as you can under, you know. The thing is, it doesn't feel like they, they rush right away. They kind of like stop and they're just like talking to, to Becky. And they're just like, you know, oh, this is happening and this is happening. And he's like, okay, I'm running a diagnostic or whatever. Yeah, I think they're and trying And I'm like, to... get his ass inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they like, at first they were thinking it was just some kind of um, mystery. Malfunction yeah. or, yeah. Um, something that could have been, you know, turned off and on, off and on, off and on back, off and back on again. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, but anyway, so they're trying to get him back into the base so they can get him into the pressurized area and get his suit off. Um, they come in and, you know, they, I guess that scene's not really all that consequential to the It's really not. I I found myself for the rest of the movie wondering, like, what was the point of that? Other than just to show that Doc wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, the, 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 uh, the base doctor, um, who is supposed to be like with the, the, uh, you know, the leader of the operation on deck and available while people are out on the floor working. He was nowhere to be found. The base is not that big. But he was nowhere to be found. Yeah. Um. So later on, Six Pack, who's played by uh, Daniel Stern, and um, Willie, who's played by um, Amanda Pays, uh, they are sent back out to because they're they're trying to meet quota before they are brought back actually they're trying to exceed quota to get some kind of day off so they're out there kind of pulling double duty um out on the floor and they fall off of some kind of like cliff or you know under underwater cliff um into a lower depth and down there they happen across a sunken ship russian russian yeah it's very clearly like russian um you know uh, cyrillic um, text uh, characters that's the word ah. Cyrillic characters on the bow of the ship um, but they go inside <clears throat> and they start seeing uh, skeletal remains um, and you know it's it's not super clear how long this ship's been down there but it's long since abandoned obviously um, but yeah skeletal remains and just a weird situation like you know situation kind of paused in history um, they find the captain's quarters where six pack finds this safe. They bring it back to shack seven and open it up. Um, and they start going through this captain's files. The only one on the ship who reads Russian is the doctor. Um, and he starts looking at all these, uh, crew member files and he starts not- noticing that on all of these files, they're listed as deceased. A little strange. A little off-putting. <laughs> yeah. Um, they find a VHS tape that's labeled as like a captain's log. And they also find, or six-pack, 
finds a flask and swipes it because there's no alcohol in shack in the shack seven um and i think that's i don't know if it's like a company mandate or if beck just won't allow it because they also find a bottle of vodka and apparently very good stuff according to the doctor beck confiscates it puts it in his own personal safe um so the crew can't drink it but six pack swipes this little flask out of one of the boxes inside the safe um let's see where do we go from here um they discovered that i mean the, the ship is called leviathan that's yeah the yeah the doctor identifies that the ship's name is leviathan and then and they found out that it was sunk on purpose yeah he um and they they popped the uh the captain's log into the into the old vcr and and the doc is standing there translating it saying that you know um you know people have been getting sick people have been getting or people have been dying um and he's being very cryptic saying there's you know there's something on the ship and you know i think the last thing he says is there's some there's one other thing i don't understand and that's when the tape cuts out so they're left with all these questions um meanwhile you've got the uh the villainous <laughs> uh miss martin uh calling him or calling back from from trioceanic uh headquarters um telling him to uh just kind of keep a lid on all this and don't really you know broadcast it um to you know you your guys are almost out of there so just you know keep on keeping on just keep your head down yeah um and um So they so the crew breaks into Beck's uh, locker to to swipe the the uh, vodka, only to discover that it, that he either replaced it with water or it was always water. I oh, that yeah, I didn't really understand which which one of those happened either. Oh wait, no, because because Willie talks to him later and says, well, "How'd you know they were going to get the vodka?" Oh, that's true. So I guess he did s- switch out the vodka with water. So where did he put it? Down the drain. You know, he wasn't going to drink it, obviously. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's a dick move. <laughs> so six pack just uh, he quietly goes back to his bunk, cracks open that flask and starts taking pulls off of it. Um, and uh, that's when um, Bowman uh, comes to see him because she saw him pocket the the flask and didn't say anything. She went to him and said, "Hey, you know, give, give me some of that." So they both take pulls off of this flask. The next morning. <clears throat> uh, six pack starts feeling really sick. Um, the doctor thinks it's just like some kind of hangover. And he's like, I've, I've had hangovers before. This is not a hangover. So I feel sick to my stomach, tired, have chills. Um, and, uh, and he notices he's got some like lesions or something on his back. Yeah. Just these weird, um, boils. Yeah. I mean, like it looks like yeah boils or it's like scaly skin or something. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he he kind of tries to treat him as as best he can there in the sick bay, um. But just a few hours later, he dies. He just progressively dies, gets dies, dies. <laughs> um. He just progressively gets worse over just a very short course of time, uh. And and dies 
there in, in the, uh, the sick bay. Um, the doctor and Beck decide to not tell the crew because they're so close from, to getting out that, you know, they don't want to cause a panic. Um, and also, uh, because they don't know exactly what's going on. They want to figure out, try to figure out what's going on or at least get a better idea before they start informing the crew. Again, timely. Right. Um, so they go back to uh, Miss Martin um, and ask her what they should do. And, and again, she said, just keep a lid on it. We'll take care of it when we get you back up to the surface. Don't rock the boat. Um, then Bowman starts feeling sick. Different symptoms. Just, well... She starts feeling kind of sick to her stomach. You see her throwing up in the bathroom. Yeah, her hair starts falling out. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's around that time that Martin starts telling Beck and the doctor that um, that there's a storm on the surface. A hurricane. A hurricane yeah. moving in, and it may delay their pickup. Uh, and, you know, at this point, they're like less than a day away from being, you know, taken up. He says she starts saying, "Oh, this may be delayed, you know, about twelve hours." And this kind of progresses along th- through the movie. Beck keeps asking, "You know, when's this pickup coming? When's this pickup coming?" And she's like, "Well, the weather's getting worse. There's a hurricane on the surface. We can't get boats in there to uh, to you know rescue you. Uh, this could take up to forty eight hours." <clears throat> At this point, um, Bowman sees what has happened to six pack because she's in the sick bay and sees his dead body sees that he's starting to his dead body is starting to mutate um it's growing like tentacles and it's getting like the skin is opened up in like in places and there's like squirming things inside she kind of recognizes that as um her impending doom so she goes into the bathroom and slits her wrists in the shower um so we've got two dead crew members on their on their hands. Um, and during all this, whatever has grown inside of six pack has uh, emerged and started growing larger. Um, and when they put see, they put Bowman's body in. The sick bay and it's does they the body start merging together yeah did they put it did it put her body with six pack or did the did her body like move itself i don't think they ever showed it yeah but, well yeah so so her body merges with six pack into this just disgusting amalgamation uh it's very reminiscent of the thing i think Oh, totally. Yeah, there's a, quite a bit of this movie that reminds me of The Thing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of this movie reminds me of The Thing in Alien. Um, very, very big, uh, I don't know if necessarily inspiration. I mean, it had to have been. But very similar themes and, oh. and visuals. Also, even though this came first, a lot of it reminds me a lot of Event Horizon. I, I could see that. A lot of the sets remind me of Event Horizon. Yeah, yeah. I mean... You know, I say like like alien, not just because of the 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 plot, but also the the locale, because that underwater mining base looks a lot like a spaceship or yeah. you know, a, a space shuttle. 
or at least represented in sci-fi movies. Right. <laughs> and like at one point they talk about how like anybody could have, you know, this virus or whatever it is, this mutation. Um, and you know, Jones starts s- screaming about how, you know, one of us could not be one of us. And that's, that's a very thing like, yeah. <clears throat> and then they all put their blood and things and they like touch <laughs> it with copper and it's, um, yeah. And that's the thing is, um, you know, it can, uh, infest a body and it just kind of sits there and gestates until it finally hatches. Also very reminiscent of, uh, uh, alien. Uh, but it, um, lost my train of thought. Uh, but it can exist. It's like the same entity. But it can z- exist in different bodies, and eventually it kind of merges with itself, yeah, um, into like the larger being. Um, so it's this thing basically starts kind of like creeping around the you know the the ventilation in the base, uh, and you know it being underwater. There's just like channels of water in the base itself that it's been kind of moving itself through. Yeah. Um, they kind of resolve eventually that this, that, you know, this is why the Leviathan was intentionally sunken because on, on file, you know, on paper, the Leviathan is still, or it uh, is on duty in the Baltic Sea, but it's not in the Baltic Sea and it's mm-hmm. not on duty. Mm-hmm. It's at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> um. So clearly the Russian government covered it up um, because they knew something was going on. So Beck um, and the doc are trying to, you know, track down this thing. Eventually the, the, the entire crew becomes privy to what's going on because they see uh, what happened to uh, Bowman and Six Pack's bodies. Um, because <laughs> the doc and Beck tried to dispose of it through the um, through the shaft that they used to get into the ocean to the ocean floor, uh, but the crew thought they saw the bodies moving. Yeah. they were like they're alive. Um, and then they saw the kind of creature that it had become. The thing kind of you know it, it goes into the ocean and it kind of floats off, but event it makes its way it makes its way back into the into the shack. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, this thing just kind of starts working its way through the the crew, uh, killing some of them, infesting others. Um, uh, oh, I uh, forgot about I have um, fuck. What's his name? Cobb. Uh, Cobb. Thank you. Yeah, Cobb, played by Hector Elizondo. Um, He's kind of like he and uh, fucking Ernie Hudson, who plays Jones, have been kind of like the most integral parts of like combating this thing and, and, you know, trying to secure, you know, whatever part of the base that they may be in at the time. Um, but eventually, at one point, um, Cobb gets scratched by the creature in the, in the chest and you know, for me at least, I think like at the time it's like, oh well, he's fucked, right? Um, but then it just they never spoke of it again until later on when he starts 
talking about how his chest is like hurting and it's really itchy. itchy. Yeah. Uh, and the doc says, oh, that's just because it's healing, which is true. You know, when you when you start developing like a scab and stuff and something's healing, it starts to itch. Yeah. So like, okay. Well, I guess he's fine. But then like within like the next couple of minutes, he starts like just. You just see something going like out of his shirt. Yeah. And he, like he basically has a chest burster. Just, yeah, he's like, waiting for like to burst out and be yeah. like, hello, my baby, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh him he had the special um i'll have the soup <laughs> um so he's dead <laughs> um or at least has become part of the creature now and uh let's see it's Killed De Jesus. I can't remember exactly how. It was uh, when they were getting it, rid of it. It had like a tentacle that got cut off in the door, and the tentacle a- attacked Jesus. That's right. Yeah, it latched kinda, onto his chest. Yeah, it grew into like this like snake thing. Yeah, and then yeah, snake, snake. <laughs> um, no step on snake. <laughs> so uh, Beck and the doc. Uh, tell what's re- what's left of the crew, which basically equates to Jones and Willie. Um, Willie, uh, that you know, Trioceanic can't rescue them because there's a hurricane on the surface, which strikes Jones as weird because not one day before he had checked the um, the weather himself and it, there was no signs of any weather systems moving in because he hates waves. Right, <laughs> he's constantly checking the weather because he hates waves. <laughs> um. And, Such a uh, weird plot point. <laughs> <clears throat> um. Anyway, so Doc fucks everybody. Yeah, he just he send like he realizes that what happened on the Leviathan was that the they sacrificed the Leviathan and the crew because they knew it was on it, and there, there was how they basically had to save, you know. They were well, not martyrs, but they were sacrifice, I guess. Yeah, like they, it was them or the rest of the world. Yeah, basically, because um, yeah, they they knew what creature was on the ship, and it had they had to take it down by whatever means necessary. Um, and so Doc, at first, you kind of think that he's just be, he lost his mind, he's being a nut, but he's actually kind of doing the same thing. Like he sends Trioceanic a, a, a letter. Uh, saying that an email, yeah, like an email very, before email, yeah, was a thing. very very ancient email, um, that basically says that you know there's we have no choice, we have to uh, uh, implode the base because there's there's a creature on here that can't be stopped, and we need to save, or we need to stop it here and contain it, and so all the you know the rest of the crew has to be sacrificed. Um, so he launches the escape pods. Yeah. It bubbles, as they call them. Once they find, yeah, once they find that this note has been, so I think the doc, actually, he gets absorbed into the creature. Um, and Beck and Willie and, and Jones, they find this email that was sent um, and immediately contacts. And like, a, like a news report that said that they were all dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that was the thing. Well, so... Beck sends his own email to uh, 
goddamn, what was her name? Martin, um, saying, disregard that last email. We need rescue, you know, as soon as possible. Um, and that's when Martin calls him, says, I'm so glad you called me. You know, we saw that email and we immediately, you know, became pretty concerned. So, um, you know, we're still dealing with this weather, but we're getting people out there as soon as possible. Shortly after that, they see this company-wide memo sent out saying, this crew has been lost. All members of the crew are lost and presumed dead. And they're like, hey, we're not dead. What's going on here? <laughs> Wait, that's my name. <laughs> so they realize that Trioceanic has no intention of rescuing them. It's all They're already covering it up. Um, so they're kind of on their own. So um, while they're trying to stay one step ahead of this creature, they're trying to find a way off the base because their rescue um, or their, their emergency bubbles are already deployed. Um, eventually they kind of work their way into the, uh, hatch, would you? Yeah, I guess. Where, you know, the, the room where they suit up in their deep sea suits and, um, you know, take their little elevator down to the ocean floor. Um, they kind of battle this creature into that room. They're trying to get suited up. They're brilliant scheme is to overpressurize their suit or their suits so it rockets them to the surface um now i am not a scientist <laughs> but what i do know about pressure uh and bare bare minimum you're puking you're puking uh, your eyes might explode out of your head. <laughs> um, you get the bends. <laughs> your veins might burst. Those kinds of things happen <laughs> when you when you go to the surface from from a deep uh, deep depth <laughs> too quickly. Um, and uh, maybe the suits protect them. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's like overpressurized, so it's like. What they damn- had like they put something on it. It was acted like a balloon that like shot them up. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe that's what they're pressurizing. I don't know. It wasn't all that clear, at least for me. No, it was one of those like, what if this happens? And they were like, I don't think scientifically. Shut up, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you let us take care of the science? It's a movie. No one's going to question it. <laughs> and then thirty-one years later, some asshole on a podcast. <laughs> Uh, so they they get in their suits. They so Beck sends uh, Willie and Jones off in their suits, and then tries to kind of fend, you know, basically run interference for them to get away. Uh, he by some miracle gets into his own suit and launches off, leaving this um, creature inside the base, which is currently imploding. Like the 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 air pressure within the base is decompressing and the pressure from the ocean is moving in and just literally in, literally crushing the entire base into a, a little ball of foil <laughs> um, and leaves this creature inside after he narrowly escapes. So he goes to the surface. They get to the surface and hey, no fly, hurricane. It, it's bright and sunny out here. Um, the Coast Guard comes flying by, which didn't make any sense to me. Did I miss something here? 
uh, I mean, Martin said at one point that the Coast Guard was going to look for him, but I, I thought she was blowing smoke. That's kind of what I assumed once we saw that memo. Yeah. I, yeah, I assumed there was like no rescue plan whatsoever, so. Was it just like a random flyby? <laughs> that seems weird out in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, the Coast Guard comes by and like, you know, dips down to, to rescue them. Um, and it's about that time when the creature pops up from the surface. Uh, and he's now enormous. Yeah. And he's got big, sharp, pointy teeth. Right. Um, and, uh, Jones starts fighting him off so the two white people can get away. (laughs) That like, you know, Jones, he was like one of the last three survivors. And then they killed him off in the last second so the two white people could live. I, I literally had to rewind it because I didn't understand what happened to him. He was just like, I'm going to fight the monster barehand. You <laughs> run. I'm like, what? Why would you do that? <laughs> I'm going to box this bitch. But he, yeah, he just gets all ate up. And then so Willie gets into the, uh, into the helicopter and she's trying to reach out for Beck. But Beck swims back out. And he's got like this this charge, like a like a deep sea charge or something. This is, I think it's something they, they're using for mining. To, yeah. To uh, you know, they used one earlier when they like blew up a, a structure. A, yeah, a rock formation. A rock formation. Yeah. Um, to yeah for mining and um, he they pocketed some of them earlier on in the movie, and I guess they kind of it was when they were doing the Edgar Wright weapons scene. Yeah, yeah. They you know because they're miners. Um, they have all these like, you know, cutting tools and, you know, it's like chainsaw looking thing. Yeah. Except they move really slow. Yeah. Uh, it's like they've, you know, powered them with like a little wind up <laughs> engine from a, from a toy car or something. Um, but they have like these giant fucking flamethrower things and, um, but they also have like, yeah, these explosive charges. So right before he jumps into the helicopter, he turns back to the creature, loads it up, and launches it right into the creature's face, who just explodes like a can of soup. Wait a minute. Don't skip over his one-liner here. <laughs> Say, ah, bitch. Oh, right. <laughs> or motherfucker. I think it's motherfucker. <laughs> How could I forget? Except, like, Peter Weller talks like he's ha- hiding an accent. <laughs> So he, it sounds more like he says, say ha. Huh? <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah. And then he, you know, he gets in the plane and, and takes off or the helicopter. It is motherfucker. And then he, oh, and then they, they land on the Coast Guard ship where uh, Martin is, or Miss Martin is on the ship. So I guess she must have sent the, sent them after. Was it a ship? I thought it was like a rig. Like an oil rig. Yeah, or it was a Coast Guard rig of some sort. Oh, yeah, so it wasn't a ship. Whatever. <laughs> it's a structure that floats on the water. It's a ship. Um, and uh, she comes out, and she's like, oh, thank God. I'm so, I'm so happy to see you here that you made it out. And she's like, how are you feeling? And then he, <laughs> he fucking clocks her. <laughs> he says, better, a lot better. And like... Roll credits. Like seven of these people that they just they worked with, like in close quarters for the last three months, have just been brutally murdered. Yeah, uh, not including the guy that almost just got out with them, and they just kind of walk off arm in arm. 
Okay. The end was so stupid. Well, it's like, you know, it's a classic trope that they kill off the black, the token black guy in a movie, especially a horror movie. Yeah. Just, it's a trope that's that's gone on for decades. Um, something that's been kind of moved away from in recent years. Uh, but ever since Halloween Resurrection. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking LL Cool J. That was H2O. I guess that came first. You're right. Yeah. Resurrection was Buster Rhymes. Oh, right. <laughs> Trick or treat, motherfucker. Terrible. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like, this did Ernie Hudson so dirty like that. Because, like, he could have just left. Yeah, he almost got out. Like, they could have thrown the charge off the helicopter. Why didn't he realize, like, five seconds before that, that he had the fucking thing? He could have saved Ernie Hudson's life. I still don't understand what Ernie Hudson was thinking. Like, he's just like, woo, look at me. <laughs> I'm just like, you don't have to do that. It's like, no, we're fine. Come on. Come with us. It's far enough away. Um, Or, yeah, but, and Becky could have just launched the thing into the, mouth, into the monster's mouth. 30 seconds earlier. Yeah. It's bad optics because they just unnecessarily killed off the, the only, not only the only black guy, but the one black, but the black guy that almost made it out. The black guy that saved their ass. Yeah. Um, and then. That's probably because he made that crack about white people earlier in the movie. Yeah. Where he, he said, the only skin mutation I see is white people. <laughs> he was racist. That's a good point. <laughs> oh, that was so funny though. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but. Like two minutes later, they're acting like it didn't just happen. So, which is probably good for Martin because I think Jones would have done a lot more than just punch her in the face once. Because <laughs> he, the whole movie, he's like just hates her. Yeah. And when he realizes what's going on, he's like, oh, I'm going to just, I'm going to choke her. I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill that bitch. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's the end of the movie. Um, what do you think, Taylor? It's, it's, a, it's a pretty fun movie. That ending is just terrible, though. <laughs> just everything, everything once they pop out of the water is just terrible. But is it really all that off from anything else that was made around this time? No. Yeah. <laughs> See that that's that's the thing about this is it was so just like a sign or not a sign, but um, a representative of all the movies that were made in this like f- five year time span. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, especially, you know, dealing with, you know, monsters and, you know, we tackled, you know, like, like the thing in, uh, well, so, so you had alien in 79 that was in space. Then you had the thing in 81, um, that was, you know, 82. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the thing in 82, which was, you know, on Earth, but also, like, in a desolate yeah. area. Where else do you have to go but... Under under the uh, sea. Under the sea. Um, Everything's hotter. Under the water. Under the sea. Maybe I'll use that for this. <laughs> I can use that song for the episode. There's got to be, like, a punk cover or something, right? Uh, Actually, probably. you know what? I think uh, Suburban Legends did a cover. Nice. Nice. I think it's on their, their uh, Disney album. All right, guys, get ready for that here in a few minutes. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, but this it was very indicative of the, of the time that it was made. Um, and it, 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 
as far as quality, it was pretty much on par. Yeah. So like for me to like say that this was any better or worse than, the, I mean, it's definitely not better, I guess, but to say it was worse than like the thing or any of else of these monster movies that are made in the mid to late eighties. Wait a minute. This is definitely worse than the thing. Well, it's like, wait, what do we mean by worse? Like noticeably worse, like a terrible movie. Oh no, it's not a terrible movie. It's not as good as the thing. That's okay. I thought I think you're saying this is at least as good as the thing, no, 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 and I'm no, like, no. you shut your whore mouth. <laughs> no, and this isn't as good as Alien or Aliens. Um, better than Alien Three, um, <laughs> but uh, it was like I got these, these. Like I said, even though I know this came first, there's all these weird parallels to Event Horizon. Like some of the sets, I swear to God, the Event Horizon was like, you guys are still using that? <laughs> um, but like the videotape, and I just was just like, oh, the captain's gonna be like, Liberate to Tame X in Ferries. <laughs> I like that you have that committed to memory. I want to get it tattooed on me. Okay. Uh, be like, what does that mean? I'd be like, oh, liberate yourself from hell. I'd be like, that's weird. <laughs> You're right. It is weird. Um, but yeah, overall, it's it's not too bad. It's not all that great but like i said it's 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 cheesy but i mean it's it's an 80s horror movie like it, yeah it's fucking campy like, yeah it's exactly what i expected yeah pretty much <laughs> um which isn't bad because I, I i live for this shit if somebody told you like hey think of uh alien underwater with robocop you'd be like oh it's this is this is that right <laughs> <laughs> um uh oh and stan winston did all the creature effects mm, so yeah. i mean Granted, there wasn't a lot of on-screen stuff. They like I don't know if that was just because of budgetary stuff. I mean, it's I don't see budget. I here. didn't see a budget on there. I just saw the box office. Um, so I don't know if there's like budgetary restrictions. Um, oh, uh, budgetary restrictions or what? But um, it's uh, the creature all in all looked pretty good, and like all the body horror stuff, like. You know, when um, Bowman and six packs, six pack were emerging, um, that was pretty pretty cool and grotesque. $25 million. Uh, Was the budget? Yeah. Oh, and it only... Only made 15 Youch. Well, that's going to hurt, Bob. Um, that's why there was no sequel. <laughs> yeah, that's why there's no <laughs> sequel. Um... It has 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. What? Youch. People are harsh. Like, so... But again, like, I think I said this before. Rotten Tomatoes is good or bad. There's there's no range. So it's like, what do they consider fresh and what do they consider rotten? Yeah. Like, if I give this a, a five, which is probably what I'm going to give it, um, <laughs> is that considered fresh or rotten? That's right down the middle. Yeah. Uh, New York Times said... Uh, Compares favorably with the other recent aquatic horror film, Deep Star Six, but probably not with anything else. And that the latter half of the film is one long feeding frenzy, frenzy uh, guided by a familiar horror film principle, survival of the best looking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty wrong. much. Uh, Chicago. I don't know, Bowman, though. Yeah, she's fine, man. <laughs> like, I remember seeing uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, when I was, I don't know, 
too young, probably like 12, <laughs> uh, 12, 13. And I'm just like, she could get it. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the scene where she's, I think she's cleaning something. So she's like reaching up and uh six pack is like, what a pair. She's yeah. like, what? He's like, oh, Doc and Becky, what a pair. She's like, oh, I thought you were saying you liked my tits. <laughs> I don't know, like, uh, when she starts feeling sick, like I said, she's in the bathroom, and she must have just been about to get in the shower because she's wrapped up in a towel. Um, but, like, I don't know if it, like, if it was, like, a, a towel dress or what, but because it was, it was very form-fitting. <laughs> and, like, yeah, man, like, she's built like a Barbie doll. Yeah. Like, big boobs and a tiny little waist. It was weird. <laughs> With the round thing in your face, you get sprung. Yeah, like the song. <laughs> um, uh, Chicago, Chicago Tribune said, in the dumb fun department, Leviathan is the movie of the moment. A lively, well-made schlock thriller that will doubt, doubtlessly be forgotten in two weeks. Uh, I mean, you say that it like it's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> the script has been attributed to David Peoples and Jeb Stewart who wrote or did Die Hard, but it plays more like a collection of random pages from Alien, The Thing, Outland, and Run Silent, Run Deep. Yeah, I could see that. It did seem like it was just really trying to take little bits and pieces from both of the, from, you know, from these, the movies that we've already mentioned. Yeah, like the, the scene with Cobb, um, he, part of his hand, he has a cut on his hand, and it opens up like a mouth, and it's like, that is... Straight out of the thing. Like, yeah. <clears throat> um, yep. So rating? Yeah, I think this guy said, you know, it's uh, well made because the production value was pretty kick-ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Almost definitely. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, the sets were amazing. The, the creature design... Creature design was not that great, but the actual effects were pretty good. Like the creature itself, it was very generic looking. Yeah. Um. But uh, and, but like both these movies, the creature was kind of generic looking. Yeah. Yeah. From the host, it looked like some kind it of basically like, just like a giant fish with a long tail and and feet and legs. Yeah. And then like a blue waffle face. Right. <laughs> I told Kristen about Blue Waffle not too long ago. Man, like, the, the other day it popped up on my phone and it was like, here's a memory from four years ago or something. And it was you researching Blue Waffle for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, I forget how it came up. And I'm just like, don't, you don't want to find out what Blue Waffle is. <laughs> and she's like, well, no, I'm curious. So she looked it up. And I'm like, I told you not to. <laughs> I love how 30 Rock used the phrase lemon party like several times. <laughs> Lemon party? Yeah. Like, haven't, you've never Googled lemon party? <laughs> nope. There's a new one for you. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, so the production value is high. The story... It's fine. It's fine. It's Is it original? No, not at all. <laughs> um, but... <sighs> it's just weird to me because like, like a Leviathan is a real mythical sea creature. Yeah. And it's it basically like made human beings who are infected turn into the Leviathan, which is an interesting take. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> it's also interesting that the ship was Leviathan. Yeah. 
It's like naming your ship Nessie or something. Like. <laughs> Just asking for it. Um, so yeah, production values high. The story itself was kind of not stale, but bland. Yeah. Um, cast was pretty good as far as, you know, eighties actors go. Um, Oh, does David Stern's facial hair just grow in all Joe dirt like that? You know, I don't know. I've never seen him with like a beard. (laughs) It's always just those sideburns and then like the little goatee thing. And it just always makes me think of Joe Dirt when he's doing the interview with Dennis Miller. And he's like, so your facial hair just grows in all white trash <laughs> like that. Uh, didn't he have a full beard in City Slickers? Uh, I think he had like a five o'clock shadow. Oh, well, whatever. Anyway. Um, trying to find a mid-ground because like... Like a guy from the Chicago... Sh- Tribune saying it's a pretty forgettable movie. It's, it's pretty accurate, but the production value is pretty solid, and, and the cast was all right. And I'll give it a five. Like, I, yes, it's forgettable, but while you're watching it, it's fun. Sure. So yeah, I, I think five is fair. Yeah, it's if you have Prime, it's free. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Sure, and it's not two hours long. <laughs> Okay, so Daniel Stern can grow a beard. There's a picture of him. But like Home Alone, sideburns, goatee. Rookie of the year, sideburns, mustache. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if it like if he has trouble growing it in, so he just shaves it like that. But like most of the time you see him, he's got those sideburns and like the uh, like what you got kind of. the What is that? Uh, Van Dyke? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's going to do it. That's going to do it for Week of the Sea Creature. Yeah, thanks again to Bob Voorhees, uh, our gravedigger, for uh, suggesting. Um, it was a fun little romp. Quite. Um, and uh, we look forward to opening that up to you again next year. We also will randomly throughout the year just do, actually not even randomly, we do it uh, usually the first episode of July. We do um, Patreon Picks episodes where pa- Patreon gets to pick the movies. Yeah. Also, and we can't think of anything else. That too. Yep. <laughs> uh, so join us on Patreon. Yep. Where? Where, Taylor? Patreon.com slash Graveplot Podcast. Uh, you can follow all our other misadventures at graveplotpodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram as Graveplot Podcast, on Twitter as Grave underscore plot. And of course, keep an eye on graveplotfilmfest.com for more Film Fest news. Uh, tickets will be going on sale on Halloween, so keep an eye on. Like that. Yeah, they're, they're spooky scary. Because <laughs> it's a horror <laughs> film pack. Right, and it's Halloween. <laughs> um, all right. So that's going to do it for Week of the Sea Creature. We'll be back next week with a brand spanking new episode, our Halloween special. That's or, not special. Yeah, this is Halloween the... episode. Let's just say Halloween episode. It's not <laughs> special. Our, our Halloween not so special. <laughs> We should start calling it that. The not so special. The not so special. <laughs> um, so as long as we don't ever call it a spooktacular. <laughs> call it a spooptacular. <laughs> ah, poop. <laughs> uh, Taylor, what are, what are we going to be watching? We're going to be watching Boo. Not the Medea one. No, fuck that. <laughs> and the good things devils do. All right. So catch up with us then, guys. 
Until then, I'm Skeletonic. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Great Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. The seaweed is always greener in somebody else's lick. You dream about going up there, but that is a big mistake. Just look at the world around you, right here on the ocean floor. Such wonderful things around you, what more is you looking for? Under the sea. Under the sea